Hello and welcome to episode 172 of the Codex Prime podcast for Wednesday, July 24, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, everybody? That's right, and uh, we have the most diabolical hater this side of the Mississippi joining us already, Kyle Chapman. That was fast. That's record time. That's fast fast he had to be, he possibly had to have his phone in his hand saw it and then boom yeah absolutely shazam john haponic has arrived in the chat as well and <laughs> hey hey, hey. He's- i almost wore a marvel shirt i almost wore a marvel shirt today when we we're going to talk about batman yeah but yeah man welcome to the show one and all uh we are going to be talking about um some of the highlights from san diego comic-con 2019 particularly the MCU Phase 4 stuff on the horizon. Um, our main topic will also be a retrospective of all the Batman films, starting from Tim Burton's 89 film with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into what we've been up to as per usual. And uh, Brian Lopes is on here as well. What up, Brian? Yeah, welcome one and all. Uh, we made it past the heat wave Listen, this, this past weekend. Listen, I was just telling you, I DJed a wedding yeah. on Sunday. Mm. I'm still tired from that. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> bitches on bitches on bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian. That's my thing. Well, that's, my, that's usually my thing when I say to Brian and then he just he says it right back. So Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, you can uh, you can listen to our episode on Spotify as well as SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Fa- Facebook Live, which is where we're at, with a nice pair of Studio Regent headphones. That's right. If you want some high quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones, all you gotta do is go go on to studio.com, use the promo code Codex Podcast to get fifteen percent off. And as always, Vic, free shipping in the USA. That's right. I'm willing to bet that Brian said it with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing to bet that as well. Yes, and uh, yeah, man. Um, we'll get into get into a bit of what we've been up to this past week. Um, as for me, um, got a few uh, uh, movies that I that I caught uh, last week. Um, for the first time, I actually sat down and watched Half Baked. For the first time? Are you serious? Yes, for the first time. Just now. Just now, just just this past weekend. What the hell's um, been wrong with you? Well, you know, uh, Monet, my my fiance Monet, really likes the movie, and uh, as she should, she's a human fucking being. Yeah, and so I was at I was at Newberry Comics the other day, and uh, they had it for like four bucks the DVD. So I'm like, oh, I'll just pick it up. I know Monet likes this, so I so we sat down and watched it, and it was a grand old time. It was quite hilarious. I, uh, no shit. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm mad at you for that. Well, listen. Like sometimes, sometimes it could go either way. You can have a you can have a comedy film with plenty of uh, great comedians, and the movie can turn out to be trash. Perfect example is Harlem Nights. You shut your fucking face. Harlem Nights is fucking garbage. You shut your fucking I'm sorry. face. You 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 it is. You, you are such a stick of you. You want Yo, to stick up the ass critics? No, Harlem losing the fuck. That Har- movie is amazing. Harlem Nights. It's amazingly bad. No, it's, it is not. It's it's amazing. No, it is not. No, Harlem Nights is amazing in the sense that it assembles all that all that legendary black comedic talent, and it manages to be unfunny as fuck. Do Do we need to set up a poll again? We can set up the poll again. If you, if we want, matter of fact, we can have a review on the show at one of these episodes, one of these days. Okay. Yeah, 
I'm telling you, right. that, that's it's, it's one right. of my. Who's so upset about you? Want to put a wager on the poll? No, because nah. you know you're gonna lose. I'm talking about. Let's let's go for this. We can set this up for unpopular opinions, chapter two, for our future episode. I mean, that is coming. Yeah, we get a but, lot of heat for that one. <laughs> we get a lot of heat for those. Oh, I'm so glad. But yeah, back to a half baked. I I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a fun stoner comedy. Um, stoner comedy logic. So you just watch it and take it for what it's worth. Uh, Dave Chappelle, um, the guy on the couch. Um, we never we we never learned who the guy on the couch was. Did he pay rent? But was he a squatter? Squatters' rights. But you know. Um, the funniest thing about the DVD is that there's an extra called Five Minutes with the Guy on the Couch. And it's literally just a static shot of the guy sleeping on the couch. No, no interview footage with the actor talking about his experience on the set. Just him lounging on the couch. High as Amazing. a kite. Amazing. Yeah, that was it. Um, it, it, it was, it, hey, it was a fun movie. I'd, I'd put Half-Baked like, right in the same class with like, Cheech and Chong up in smoke. Another uh, classic stoner comedy, which is uh, dumb as fuck, but you know it has its audience and is enjoyable for what it's worth. As Roast them, well. roast them, guys, roast them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that was that. Um, I also um, went to uh, Barnes and Noble. I bought three more films from the Criterion Collection Barnes and Noble <laughs> sale. Cue the music. <laughs> yes, I bought three more uh, to add to the collection. Um, one is uh, one of my all-time favorite films from 2011, uh, Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life, uh, lovingly restored on the Criterion Collection. It also includes the, um, the three-hour extended cut, um, which is amazing. Beautiful cinematography by Emmanuel Lubetsky. Um, just visual poetry. I absolutely adore this film. It's a film that... You know, you really can't review as such. It's 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 a very it's, you watch it and you just you just let the emotions take you to where it wants to take you. And you cried, didn't you? I didn't cry, but I I really felt something. I felt a little emotional because it really took me back to my childhood in some ways. Um, but it's a beautiful film, and if you haven't seen it, you absolutely should on Blu-ray. This is a must. Um, I also got uh, Charles Burnett's 1990 film To Sleep with Anger, which stars Danny Glover in his. Uh, Award-winning role, Independent Spirit Award for Best Actor. Awesome movie. I absolutely love it. Danny Glover, he plays this scoundrel, this near-do-well who tries to wreak havoc on this poor family. What's it called? Uh, to Sleep With Anger um, by Charles Burnett. Okay. Yeah, came out in 1990. One of, uh, one of uh, Danny Glover's best roles. And it's, it's a dope film. I really like it. And you should definitely check it out. And last but not least, I got Clute the classic 1971 crime drama starring Jane Fonda and Donald Sutherland. Um, always wanted to see this on Blu-ray, restored. Really good film if you're, if you're a fan of great acting, great 70s cinema, and just a great detective story to boot. So, yeah, those are my latest additions. Um, on the comics front, I also got um, the 15th and sadly final issue of Skyward, published by Image Comics. Uh, written by Joe Henderson. Um, issue 15 is out is out now. It just came out yesterday. Um, beautiful, beautiful series. I absolutely adore this. Um, I'm sad to see it go, but um, at, at the same time, I am glad that it's a series that didn't wear out its welcome, that it, there was a concrete ending planned. And Joe Henderson is actually writing the screenplay for the movie, which will be produced by Sony. So, 
dope, dope series. Please pick this up. 15 issues. Just check it out, man, if you're a fan of great comics. And uh, qu- quickly, I just got uh, two uh, film recommendations out there as well, uh, slash reviews. Uh, were you going to say something beforehand? Oh, you're just getting roasted, but go ahead. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, John Haponic wants me to watch uh, The Tree of Life. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much on the verge of saying fuck Victor in all his movies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm still I'm still traumatized by strange things about the Johnsons. Oh, this is not it. This is not the strange thing about the Johnsons. It's not that. It's not a horror film. I don't it's, trust you. Trust me. It, no, believe me. I don't me, trust you. It's not a horror film. I, trust, I gave you fucking Limitless. That's been sitting on that same spot since nineteen since two thousand and seventeen. I'll tell you what. Listen, I got you. This weekend, I'm a, I'm gonna watch it. You're a liar. I'm gonna review it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but. But yeah, I'll actually. I'm reading the comments real quick before mm-hmm. I get into my couple of film recommendations. Uh, Kyle says that uh, he hasn't seen Spider Man, but he's shocked that I haven't seen Half Baked until just now. He says he's, he- he's heading over to my house right now. Oh, it's on site. It's on site. I can't badmouth Harlem Nights. Yes, I can badmouth Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights is the is the Mike Canellis of black comedies. Okay, sir. First of all, actually, you know what? Yeah, because I know. Mike Canellas personally, About and the- I know who I know who he is. I know who Mike Bennett is. Listen, I'm, 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 he listen, former IWGP tag team champion. Oh word, yeah, yeah. former Ring of Honor ta- tag team champion. Mm-hmm. I've been in the ring with him. Yep. Beat him. Okay, I beat him. I, I, it's a practice. Let me. It's a practice match. I'm gonna have it. Damn oh, it. Yeah, let, it counts. Just like when my girl apologized to me, I got. I, Got this. That's right. You did. You cannot take that away from me. It's she tried to, but no, you cannot take that away from me. It's a victory. You hear that, Natasha? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, but with Mike Canales, I'm talking about Mike Canales, the character, not the person. I'm sure the person is cool. Oh, but, I'm sure. That I'm, I'm I'm having faith that there's something down the line. Yeah. Me. But um, read Nick Thomas. Uh, Nick Thomas says, but he's the dude, me, that thinks pineapple on pizza is the greatest thing ever and that Hereditary was the shit. I was disappointed with that movie, by the way. Aw. I mean, you know, Hereditary, okay, didn't work for you. Fair enough. But Hawaiian pizza is great. This is where we need, this is where I need Gabe Jackson to be commenting (laughs) on and so he can roast the shit out of you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Kyle Chapman says, I'm going to go to sleep with anger. You bad-mouthed Harlem Knights. You did. <laughs> you did. What hey. about Shawshank Redemption? Shawshank Redemption is a classic. Yeah. Absolute I, classic. I, I can't knock Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, um, I got a couple film recommendations. We don't trust your film recommendations, man. Before we move on. And, well, you should for these two. You do remember one, one, one time when you recommended a film and I reviewed it. Yeah. And uh, it was a certain movie called The Overnight. Uh-huh. I reviewed it. Yeah. My client listened to it. Yep. You will forever be known to him as Butthole Art. That's okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> that your name's Butthole Art. <laughs> to that client, okay. If that whatever whatever makes that client sleep well at night, okay. But but yeah, there are two there are two new movies that are out. Um one that I cannot recommend enough. It's actually for all our local Rhode Island listeners, it's gonna be playing um this uh this uh Friday at the Avon Cinema on Thayer Street. Uh, it's going to be playing from uh, Friday, July 26th to Thursday, August 1st. So it's only going to be there for one week. So please check it out. It's called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. 
Um, this is a brand new independent feature uh, directed by Joel Talbot. Um, it's this is a remarkable film. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, it's a it's a it's a drama about like gentrification in San Francisco. It's also a love letter slash critique of that city. Um, it's it's just great uh, black cinema. Um, it's about this guy named Jimmy Fails, who happens to be this uh, this guy who grew up as a squatter, and he's trying to um, uh, regain his childhood home um, uh, from this, um, you know, from the throes of gentrification. He's trying to like buy it back from this uh, from this woman who uh, purchased it, and uh, and throughout the film, he's trying to he's trying to to get his house back, his childhood home back, and you know, throughout the and he's also dealing with other characters, like he he's um, dealing with his best friend known as Monty or Montgomery, who's this um, sort of like a, 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 a like this sensitive spirit, a sensitive soul. He's he's very much an artist. Um, and he's trying to come up with this play. He's trying to crack the story. And the film is absolutely wonderful. Like, I cannot stress this enough. The Last Black Man in San Francisco is going on my top 12 films of 2019. It's already locked in along with us. So those are two films right there. So I hope it's a disappointment. It's, it's not a disappointment. It's, How you know? you never seen it. Oh, what? Last Black Man in San Francisco? Yeah. I've seen it. I have? Yeah, I've seen it because it, it originally played a couple weeks ago at the Providence Place Mall. It was only there for like one week. It was like during the, um, I think it was just before the 4th of July uh, weekend. Mm-hmm. So it was only there for a week and it disappeared. But now the Avon's bringing it back here. You going to go see it again? Um, I might if I have the time because there, there's a Quentin Tarantino's new movie coming out. I want to see the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, Once Upon did a Time you, in Hollywood. Did you see the freaking, the dude who they cast as Bruce Lee? Yeah. I thought it was like, did they travel back in time and get the actual Bruce Lee? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to review that next Saudi week. blood money that was actually worth it. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I'm going to see that this weekend. But uh, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. But, uh, but yeah, um, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. It also has cameo appearances by Mike Epps, Danny Glover, and Tashina Arnold. They make small appearances in the film. But, yes, I cannot stress this enough. Please see that movie. Please support great independent cinema great black cinema just great cinema in general man just see it it's at the avon this weekend friday july 26th to thursday august 1st read kyle's last comment please don't sleep read kyle's last comment um kyle chapman says carl got that purple rain shirt on purify your co-host in the waters of lake minnetonka (laughs) yes yes Okay, yeah. So, yeah, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Check it out. And last but not least, another film recommendation. It's out on Blu-ray and DVD. It stars Robert Pattinson. It's a brand new movie that just came out um, this year in limited release in theaters, but just came out on Blu-ray. It's called High Life. And High Life is directed by the uh, legendary French filmmaker Claire Denis. And it's a science fiction film. And it stars Robert, pa- Robert Pattinson as this convict who's on this, um, this space station along with a small group of other convicts. And they're, um, trying to <coughs> and, they're, and they're trying to harness energy from a black hole in space. And they're trying to harness that energy and try to bring it back to Earth somehow. Um, they've been wandering um, the, the, you know, the, the stars for like a number of years. And uh, the, the, the film begins with uh, Robert Pattinson's character, who's the only survivor on the station. And he has this infant child that he has to take care of. And the film kind of flashes, flashes back to or 
cuts to this uh, these scenes with uh, two kids, this boy and a girl and a dog, and they're running around in the woods. And it cuts back to um, other 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 um, footage, which is like other flashbacks with Robert Pattinson and the other uh, inmates uh, on on the station. Um, played by one, there's one played by Juliette Binoche, who's this who's the uh, prison prison nurse who's trying to um, try to trying to like um, find some success, some headway in her uh, reproduction reproductive uh, uh, experiments. Uh-huh. Um, Andre three thousand is in the film. He plays a he plays a small supporting role. Um, there's also some other uh, 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 actors in it as well. I forget their names, but I think they're uh, European uh, uh, actors. And um, the film is the film is really cool. It's non-linear. It's a film that kind of it, it's definitely a head trip. It kind of reminds me of like um, films like Solaris. It's like um, like kind of like intellectual brain food science fiction. And it's like it's more about themes than an actual like straight storyline. But I thought themes were for eighth grade book reports. Okay, listen, David Benioff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it's it's a it's a really interesting film. Um, if you if you're if you're looking for something that's unique in in science fiction, something that's not really straightforward, but kind of makes you think, um, and and kind of like you know, kind of pulls you in somehow. It kind of makes you like put the pieces together kind of you know flexes your brain muscles a little please check out high life i recommend it um robert pattinson great performance in it as well um and also there's an element in the film too in which the inmates use there's this place there's this uh uh small um section of this of the space station called the fuck box the fuck box yeah which the inmates use uh for certain purposes so fuck well, it's it's a it's a solo experience, but um, that's okay. All, so they use it to fap. Yeah, and that's all I'll say about that. But um, but yeah, High Life. It's a it's a great film. Um, one of the most distinctive features of 2019. Um, Robert Pattinson, great actor. I'm so glad that uh, he's making he's continuing to make these great art house films. He's gonna be the new Batman. So it's sir, be, listen. I, like I said, like I said, like I said in, in, in the last Victor's Corner, don't sleep on Robert Pattinson. I'm no, I'm snoring. No, listen, I, I'm telling you seriously. Go if you have Amazon Prime, right? Um, no, but I have access to it. Yeah, like watched Good Time, which is which came out in 2017. He was really good in that. Good Time or Good Times. Good Time. Okay. Yeah. There's only one Good Times in my life. Yeah. Well, this is a wholly different one. Okay. Like he that was, means it's a bad time. Kinda. It is. But but no, it's it's a really good movie. Don't sleep. Like Robert Pat he was good in that. Um The Rover with Guy Pierce. He, he really interesting role. Um Maps to the Stars. That one's a little fucked up. Um right up your Victor ass movie. Yeah. Um he did Cosmopolis, which I heard a lot of good things about. I haven't seen that one. Um but yeah, don't sleep on Robert Pattinson. Yo, he does great work. He's okay. a he's a terrific actor. And him and him as Batman, that's a win for everybody. Because that gives him more clout to do more art house films. Maybe he probably should just stick to art house films. No, listen. He got his Twilight money and just go stick with art house films. He can be the artist, but please stay away from Batman. Nah, listen. I'm telling you, y'all, y'all sleep and don't sleep on the kid. Him, him, and Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart is a fantastic actress too. I'll never. Have I seen it? I'm pretty sure I've seen something with Kristen Stewart. Like, um, well, like she did one. Uh, Still Alice, but that was more of a Julianne Moore picture. She was a supporting role. Um, Clouds of Sills Maria was really good. Uh, Personal Shopper was really interesting. That one's like a kind of like a... Didn't you review that? I did. It was like one of my Criterion uh, Blu-rays I picked up. 
but yeah man check it out high life and the last black band in san francisco okay yeah it's only one thing i saw <laughs> well you know trying to prepare for this and keeping up with all this uh san diego comic-con news jesus christ oh yeah um i managed to see a movie okay what's up the lion king oh the the original no the, no this this remake oh this remake so um it has its flaws but it was actually good Okay. I saw a meme that said, okay, this meme that just said, listen, y'all got that first nah, before I walk out this theater. Mm-hmm. Dude, everybody clapped after the intro. I bet they did. They did. It was actually, like, the intro was spot on. You know, different changes. They added a couple of scenes. Timon and Pumbaa stole the show. I heard a, heard a lot of good things about they that. Did, they did. Um, Beyonce definitely is a horrible actor, actress. Of course. And, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, Beehive's gonna come after me soon. But um It's alright. Beehive ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> Cause it ain't shit. Ain't ever gonna be shit. But no, it really it really like wasn't bad. One scene that they act well Chibachel G Jofer. Oh Chibachel Ed Jofer. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he actually did his thing as Scott. Okay, that's good. He did his guy. Shenzi was actually a little more sinister. Mm-hmm. And they actually told like I mean, it was like one liner, but you actually was able to get Something out of it, like they actually just um, established that. Listen, there's been a rivalry between the lions and hyenas since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. You know, Simba, you do not belong here. We will kill you and stuff. Like yeah. Shenzi was much more. She was much more of a leader yeah. than the than in the original film, where it was just a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Scar killing Mufasa mm-hmm. was it as heartbreaking as back in the day? No, but you can. They added a little more of it. It's like yes, they did the classic. Um, I can actually spoil the hell out of this film because it's like yeah. it's very it's very much alike from the original. Mm-hmm. But it's like okay, remember how he like pre- he uh, presses claws on the Mufasa's hands? Yeah. Well, it's actually instead of just letting him go and him just falling, like you can still see like there was still somewhat of a struggle, mm-hmm. and then Scar just like slapped him across, slapped him off, mm-hmm. and then that's when you know you see that death. Yeah. Um, let me see. There's actually okay. Remember when? Um, Simba ran away off to where Timon and Pumbaa lived. Yeah. And uh, and it, there was actually more animals, so there was, like, more communication mm-hmm. with, you know, besides just those three. Okay. Rafiki, I was upset at first because he didn't have his stick. Oh. I was like, yeah, I want to see his, I wanna, he, where's his stick? Like, that was my whole thing. I was like, where is his stick? Mm-hmm. He breaks it out at the end. When he's about, when Simba comes back to the Pride Lands, mm-hmm. he breaks it up. He breaks it out. He goes, hello, old friend. Hmm. Did he do karate? No, because no. When's a mandro ever? When will you ever see a mandro do karate? Oh, when you see animals talk. Exactly. So I mean, <laughs> but Rafiki still whoops some ass. Okay. He he still whoops some ass, but um. Over oh, and one scene I actually enjoyed too was they actually showed. Remember how Nala snuck off mm-hmm. to find help? Yeah. They actually showed how she snuck away. Oh, okay. And that was actually a rather interesting scene, and Zazu was help, was like carrying, covering for her. Mm-hmm. Um, can't wait to be king. Okay, you know the scenery didn't change, but you you got the hint of like what they was doing. They didn't. They changed. Be prepared. They didn't completely take it out like I thought they were gonna. Because mm-hmm. that rumor, well, from what I heard, that was that they took out. Be prepared. 
just so they can fit in an original song by Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should have had a spoiler alert, but it's it's not from it's not different from the original, so you should be good. Yeah, you guys are good. But like, damn, I forgot where I was getting to that. No, but like, be prepared was more like a spoken word because Chiwichel Ejiofor. Did I say it right? Ejiofor. Ejiofor. Yeah, he can't sing, but how they did it was was very presentable. I honestly think that you. Would, yeah, you have your reserves about it, but I think you'll probably get some you will get some enjoyment out of it. All right. Okay. Interesting. It's still like worth going out to see. Hmm. Would you say it's uh on par with the original or better? Not better, but like I think it's just it's it's still good enough to see in the theaters. Hmm. Interesting. Well, okay. Thank you for that. You're still not gonna go see it. Nah, I refuse. Yeah, you know, you know you. I mean, having a popular opinion, having an unpopular opinion, for the sake of having an unpopular opinion. No, it's not for the sake of having an unpopular opinion. But just like I said, the the trailers just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, but it was it was worth it, especially the intro. You will enjoy the intro. Well, okay. Well, how how was it? I mean, how how were the how, what was it like watching the the all the creatures in the lions have no expression on their faces at all? Well, I mean, how often can you like you can see them like get mad and stuff, and then when they get sad. But as mm-hmm. far as like that, I can understand that did bug me a bit. But then it's like, all right, well, how often do you see a lion like be surprised or like smile and stuff? So it's like you can try, you can tell that he tried to make it as real as possible. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I. Maybe in another twenty five years, mm-hmm. if the if they if Disney decides to do it again, <laughs> and they probably then will. with with the advancements of technology, we'll probably get to see that. Better. We'll probably see that. Hmm. I mean, and I mean, we're not gonna get James Earl Jones because he'll definitely be dead by then. Yeah, yeah, that's that's depressing to think about. It is. It is. I will, and one person I will cry. I probably will shed a tear if Betty when Betty White goes. Oh yeah! Damn it, she's making it to a hundred. She's got her. Yeah, she's she's plugging along. Yeah, but yeah, that's all I got. I'm ready to get into this god, this motherfucking MCU news. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Right, no, nah, we're still there. Don't worry. Yep. Oh yeah, there's yeah San Diego Comic Con, um, 2019. Man, MCU dropped some bombs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Phase Four. Announced by Kevin Feige, we've got five films coming down the pike, as well as five TV shows for Disney Plus. Um, we got, we got for the films, we've got Black Widow coming out May first of next year, twenty twenty. Uh, the Eternals, November sixth, twenty twenty. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, February twelfth, twenty twenty one. Thor: Love and Thunder, I like that title. November fifth, twenty twenty one. And Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, May 7th, 2022. Um, as for the TV shows, we've got The Falcon and the Winter Soldier for fall 2020, WandaVision for spring 2021, Loki for spring 2021, uh, What If for summer 2021, and Hawkeye for fall 2021. And, and the big one Blade. Blade. Yes, Mahershala Ali as the Daywalker. Makes it no, he's playing Blade. Yes, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's also right. known as the Daywalker. Like like um 
Like, I was upset because they killed him off his cottonmouth because he fucking nailed it. Yes, he did. So now that, now that you know, cottonmouth is gone out of the picture, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good with that. Yeah, you know, like, um, I think with... with- the casting of Mahershala Ali, I think for, I think that's that's an outstanding choice. Academy Award winner, yeah, two time Oscar winner, uh, as Blade. Um, but that that one that confirms that the Netflix shows technically aren't canon because that because for no, Disney, I, no, I think they are. It's just the simple fact that remember Cottonmouth is dead. Yeah, like he's gone. So it's like he can do it. Just like saying if well, even though it's probably a little different now, Terry Crews played Bedlam. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Terry Crews can come back as Bishop. Yeah. Well, they can just make a little joke out of it. It's like, you know, you look like somebody I knew. Yeah. He's dead now, though. <laughs> like, I could see Ryan Reynolds doing something like that. But I think now that that character is just, the character itself is gone, he's being introduced as a whole new character, though. Yeah. It's a whole new character. So, I mean, the Netflix films still, they can still stand where they are. Yeah. Not films. Um, the, shows. the shows. Yeah. Yeah, but I think yeah, and a lot of us, just like Gary Thrust said, I'm emotionally not. Oh, he's emotionally not ready for a new Blade actor. I heard Wesley Snipes was like really bad, to, hard to work with. Yeah, he was. He was, and plus, plus Blade Trinity was a bad experience for everybody involved. It's all about the game. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm excited for that. Um, I'm 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 excited, but my question is though slash concern is does Disney have the balls to keep Blade rated R? Or are they going to like... No, nah, I think they down? announced it. It was like, it'll be PG-13, but you won't be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, that that kind of, you know, no pun intended, it kind of defangs Blade a bit. Mm, that's because, my like, thing too. Yeah, because yeah, it's like... like it's like you end up getting like a, a like a Van Helsing like experience. Just PG thirteen. He's just like slashing monsters. There's no blood. There's no violence. There's no there's no motherfuckers being dropped. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. That was a great line from the first Blade. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like, do you? I have enough faith. I'm pretty. I'm pretty optimistic. I have enough faith that they could, we can still get a really good story out of this. Perhaps, perhaps, but you know, I mean, what time will tell? I mean, I will say that it'll, it'll probably be better than the Sticky Fingers show. <laughs> Remember that? Oh man! <laughs> oh god! Yeah, they already had Deathlock on the um, in the MCU. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, I actually like the way it was told too. It was in Marvel Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. And um, oh my god, I forgot the I forgot his name, but he played Richard Street in the in the Temptations movie, and he actually did a pretty good job. Yeah. Oh, his name his name is escaping me right now, but yeah, I believe in Marvel myself. Yeah, but with with, with Blade, we'll we'll see, we'll we'll see. But um, but uh, but running down the running on this list of uh of of films in particular um black widow for example um it's got it's got an interesting cast it's got a good director it got kate shortland mm-hmm. another female filmmaker um helming an mcu project is she the f- no she's not the first no the first was uh, anna Bowden, i think who did she did Captain, she co-directed with ryan Cap- fleck and captain marvel yeah yeah um but the but the, but the film has an interesting cast so black widow is going to be a prequel because of what happened at Endgame. Yeah. But but the cast has got Florence Pugh, uh, who was in Midsommar. 
Oh, I love that movie so much. Saw it the second. Fun. Saw it the second time this weekend. Ah, uh, even more delicious the second time around. Stop saying shit. Stop saying delicious. Don't say delicious around me, man. Mm. It's it's delish, delish. Just as bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rachel Weiss is in it, and David Harbor, uh, Stranger Things, and the much maligned Hellboy uh, reboot. That existed. It did. And uh, it's coming out on Blu-ray, apparently, in a week. You can rent it. But I don't want to. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, hey, David Harbour's a good actor, so I'm glad he's still getting that work. Yeah, I still got to watch that last episode of Stranger Things. Yeah, I'm going to try to watch it this weekend. I haven't gotten into it yet. Um, also, we've got The Eternals with Chloe Zhao. Damn, I wanted to go right back to oh, one Black last Widow? thing about yeah. Black Widow. That's from what I heard, because I know some people who was at San Diego Comic-Con and actually made it inside that Marvel panel. Mm-hmm. I heard it was a bitch. That thing's a bitch to get into. I bet. It was Hall H. Yeah. Yeah, the famous Hall H. Yeah. Yeah. They said that that movie will actually be the end of Natasha Romanoff. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be the beginning of the new, um, the second Black Widow. In the comics, there's two Black Widows. Okay. Um, okay. I forgot her last name, but the first, her first name was Yelena. Okay. Was that from like the Itsy Bitsy Spider story arc? The, I know the Marvel and Knights that you, yeah. that I got, that I took from you. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's got, yeah, it's going to fit, fit into that. But then the villain's going to be the Taskmaster. Oh, that's going to be interesting. And they already, they leaked of what he's going to look like too. I don't even know who's going to play them yet, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, it kind of has like a Spy 007 type vibe yeah. to it. Um, also, uh, with the Eternals, it's directed by Chloe Zhao, which is interesting because like uh, this will be her first like big budget studio film because she does she does like independent films. Hey, remember the last time they did that? Yeah, with well, it was Captain Marvel, and then oh. it was uh, Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Um, hey, it gives them gives them additional clout to do the, do other films too. But Chloe Zhao, she did a really good film uh, last year called The Rider, which was a really cool film about this uh, brain damaged cowboy. Um, it, it was really interesting. It's an interesting like character study. It was played by it was played by like non actors. It's like kind of like reenacting their lives. It was really dope. I'm, I'm trying to think if you reviewed that. Um, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. No. But yeah, uh, Chloe Zhao is an interesting choice for director. I would love to see how what she does with the Eternals. Um, also, Angelina Jolie, uh, Kume, Kumail Nanjani, Richard Madden, aka Rob Stark, Salma Hayek, yes, and Brian Tyree Henry will star in this film as well. That's a dope cast. It, it is not to mention, and then so then I also heard this one thing. They're saying that Keanu Reeves is definitely going to be in the MCU. Yeah, you know who they say he may play. You know who's a and um. I was trying to reach out to Donna. <laughs> Alert. Dina is finally watching the Chappelle show skate. Yes. <laughs> oh, she's not a fan of Chappelle show? She never watched it. What? She never watched it. She never watched the Chappelle never. show? Never. And y'all mm. getting on me for half-baked. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I got, oh trust me. We got on her, too. I got on her, too. Okay. And that's why she's watching it. Yeah. Chappelle show classic. Classic. No one ever asked for an Eternals movie pass. <laughs> Well, okay, to be fair, John Haponic, friend of the show, supervillain, um, yes, nobody didn't. Nobody really asked for the, sh- for the Eternals, but at the same time, people are clamoring for different, different things in the MCU, different heroes that we haven't seen before. Did we ask for Suicide Squad? Mm, some did, and then we, it turned out to be trash. Did we ask for Suicide Squad? 
Not really. All right, then. <laughs> but I will say, to be fair, James Gunn will do good work with uh, part two. I have faith in James Gunn. Yeah. But um, um, I was going to say. But yeah, and you know, one on that, on the party nerds, they actually said, guess who Who they think Keanu Reeves could play? Oh, who? Is it Adam Meph- Warlock? Mephisto. Oh. Whoa, dude. Mephisto? Mephisto. I would pay Shut to see that. Shut up and take my money. I would actually pay Shut to see up. that. It won an Oscar and we get another sequel. <laughs> Technically, it's a soft reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Suicide Squad, or what's it called? The Suicide Squad? It's a soft reboot. So it's technically not a sequel because, you know, the first one was such trash. They got to, like, redo. They got to, you got to, they got to unring the bell. So, you know. Enchantress. Boom, 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 boom. Is there a broom? <laughs> oh, my God. Came out of retirement just to pop. Boom. High five. Oh, man, somebody should, like, Photoshop a broom in that scene where she's just pop-locking, like, and breaking. I wish I knew how to do, like, video memes, because I sure the hell would do it. Oh, that would be great. Um, uh, Next one is interesting, because I had never heard of this hero until this film was announced. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I actually just ordered... I just ordered... uh, it's a, it was an old issue, mm-hmm. but I just I just ordered a Shang Chi uh, comic. Okay. And guess who was the writer? I'll give you three guesses. Oh, the writer Paul Jenkins. Wrong. Uh, is it somebody we know? Keep it. Um, no, nah, no, nobody famous we know. You just named out one famous comic writer. Don't you? Okay. Um. Sat, well, you named one of them. Uh. Paul the Filippo. Wrong. Okay, you named both of our famous comic, <laughs> most famous comic writers that we know, but nope, you got one more guess. Um, Rob Layfield? Wrong. Who? C.M. Punk. Really? <laughs> he wrote a Shang-Chi comic. Wow. Okay. First Drax, now no Shang-Chi. Okay, I see you, Phil Brooks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that should be coming in the mail really soon. I can't, I'm definitely going to review the fuck out of it. It was an annual issue, so it was like a one-off story. Okay. But I do want to get to know more of these. Um, do, do, I do want to get to know more about uh, Shang-Chi. Also, um, with the Eternals, I know you can read uh, Neil Gaiman's. Yeah. Uh, uh, his trade of Eternals, which I have still have in my box. Oh, uh, Coco's. Don't touch it. I will kill you. Okay. But start reading these things ahead of time because mm. once the movies come out, places like Newberry and stuff will jack up the price. Oh, just yeah. Because they're out. So Definitely. you may want to. And like Shang-Chi is actually the first uh, Asian led MCU film. Yeah, but even though technically the character is half Asian, half white. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Asian is Asian. Oh, they already casted him. Oh, yeah. I'm um, so Simu Lu. He found. When he when he showed up at San Diego Comic Con to announce it, yeah, he literally only got the part like two days before. <laughs> wow, hey, f- quick turnaround. <laughs> and I like the director too, Destin Daniel Cretton. He's like he's a he's also the first Asian filmmaker in the MCU. Uh, he directed this really cool film, Short Term Twelve, mm-hmm. with Brie Larson. Yeah, that's a really that's a really interesting film. Um, independent drama came out in 2013, 2012. Okay, yeah, definitely check that one out. Um, also. I'm really, I'm really, I'm actually impressed that they actually cast Tony Long as the Mandarin, the real Mandarin. Mandarin. 
which and and Tony Long, if you're not familiar with him, like he's a, a famous uh, a Chinese actor, and he's done a lot of great international films. Um, one that I really recommend, well, two two of which that are really interesting that are both visually stunning. One is called In the Mood for Love, which was directed by Wong Kar Wai that came out in 2000, and he also did one in 2013 called The Grandmaster, which is kind of like an artsier version of the Ip Ip Man uh, yeah. movies beautiful cinematography I, the only thing about the grandmaster is that the u.s version is the incomplete version it was kind of cut down to bits so, so like the the chinese version is the intern the is the complete version which unfortunately we don't have here but it's still worth watching for his performance though so tony lung in the mcu hey man he's one of the he's one of the best international actors around like for the past 20 25 th- years so get that mcu money son get you know that who MCU i want money. to get that mcu money carrie hiruki tagawa <laughs> Oh, fit his, Shang Tsung from the Mortal Kombat movie. Hey, fit his ass in there because he still he nails it as Shang Tsung in the game. Still, maybe he can be Fing Fang Foom. That's racist. No, that's a character name in the MC in the MC in Marvel Comics. They can they, they could they could change the name somehow. But I know it's hey, it's not my fault. Like I didn't write the damn name. I blame Stan Lee or somebody. I don't know. But but hey, that could be a character he could play. But uh, but yeah, that that should be interesting. February twelfth, twenty twenty one. Also, Aquafina is in it as well. Um, also, this one, this one is this one actually um, makes me raise an eyebrow with curiosity. Thor: Love and Thunder. First of all, I like the title. Taika Waititi is returning to direct, and interestingly, Natalie Portman returns as the female Thor. You want to know why? Because she done saw that M game money, and she said, "You know what? I regret my decision." She's getting this shit. Yeah. She's going to get it. Yeah, she's going to get it. And uh, interestingly, Chris Hemsworth is still around, still going to be around. And Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, who's looking for her king, or queen, rather. Which will be... be that's going to be dope. It's going to it's gonna come out... I, no, Guardians 3 is coming out after that, though. Yeah, it's going to be gonna, like, probably Phase 5. Yeah. Yeah, once James Gunn's done with uh, Suicide Squad. Um. So Love and Thunder, that's going to be pretty pretty Give interesting. Yes, Almighty. Listen, read up Almighty Thor. Almighty Thor. That's with a. That's Jane. Yeah, that's Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Okay. Um, also, uh, last week we have we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, this one is being billed as the first horror, horror. film for the MCU. I'm interested in that. That's it's risk taking. Don't you like risk taking? I do, but. Remember, MCU, MCU pull, uh, the Disney pulled this before, where they said that, like, oh, this is going to be the first genre film of, in, uh, of the MCU. And it's just like, oh, it's the same typical MCU film, but just with, like, sprinkles of that genre. Like, for example, like, they said that, oh, C- Captain America, Winter Soldier, it's going to be, like, a paranoid, it's going to be, like, styled in a, a paranoid 70s thriller. Nope. It, 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 they just said that because it has Robert Redford in it. And guess what? It was one of the best MCU films ever. It is, I but it, but so. it's but it's not but it's not a, a paranoid espionage thriller. I think they also said the same thing about um, Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, it's going to be the romantic comedy. It's not. No, it at wasn't. All. It wasn't. But I think. Yeah. But you know what? I enjoyed Doctor Strange. We actually went to see that one again. Did we? No. We did. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Seacomp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. If you say so. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Actually, yeah, yeah, we did. But um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy Doctor Strange because visually it was pretty inventive. In, in Nightmare spots. is a very underrated villain. I'm interested to see how they do that. 
Mm. Yeah, Nightmare could be great. I, I agree, John. Um, if they if they do him right, and um, I know a, a Reagan, a shout out to Reagan for Rock Hocos. He did say that uh, Doctor Strange, you know, with the horror elements, like if if Disney really wanted to go the full mile, it could be rated R. If they really wanted to take it there, could be. But Disney doesn't have the balls to do it. Yeah, I mean, because they feel yeah, it's a it's a way they can possibly lose money. Yeah, they'll make yeah, it'll be a great product, but it's like losing money. They, you still have to look at it from a business aspect as well. Unfortunately, like yeah. you. Like yeah, they still want to, they still want to grab those casual fans. Yeah, that whole four quadrant. Yeah. filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, but you they know, need to do the House of M storyline, that shit would be fucking expensive as fuck. House of M. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to really build that, but build that one up. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, but looking at these, just these five films alone, like the MCU does have potential to like really do something completely wild and different and take all these chances. Yeah, because I really do like the fact that um, you know they do have diverse casting uh, in front of the camera as well as behind the camera. Right. So I do like that push. Um, I am hesitant though in that what if it's just what if that all that difference that not only diversity but also like these wild characters what if all those changes changes are just surface level and it's like the same typical mcu pattern that we get you know what if we get like unmemorable villains again what if we get like the same similar like unmemorable uh visual style what if we get the same unmemorable musical scores like you're the only person who cares about that you no. are the only one. Scores, scores you make are the difference. only one. Yeah, but still, scores people still enjoy and people still enjoy the movies for what, for what but, they were. But you have to admit, because remember, MC, the MCU, they actually do listen to their fans. You just think the progression that they have. Mm-hmm. Marvel, Marvel villain, Marvel has just gotten so much better. Like, what was the mo- the last really bad one? Really, Thor bad? the Thor the Dark World. Yeah. That's the yes or Iron Man three, which came out literally around like the same time. Yeah, the same year actually. Yeah, yeah. So and we've had Marvel has had more hits than misses since then. Yeah, they have. They acknowledge where they fail, mm-hmm. and actually and actually progress. Yeah, I mean, like like Kevin Feige, to his credit, he does listen to the fans. Exactly. He does. So I mean, so I, I have faith in him. I have yeah. faith. Yeah, um, like 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 I said, like I hope that it's not like they're like building up to like a uh, oh we got to build up to another big bad like we got to build up to say Galactus like I hope that like, these films can stand on their own a bit more. I think they will for at least like the first phase and a half. Yeah, because there's still so because there's still so many things that they can open up to, yeah. and they are, one thing they also did um, acknowledge. Oh, what's that? Fantastic Four is coming. Yes. Yep, that is coming. John Krasinski, you better start campaigning. <laughs> get this MCU money. He's the only one I can see playing Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, him and Emily Blunt. They can knock it They can knock it out the park. Yeah, they're married, so the chemistry is right there. Boom, there we go. And then Johnny Storm, they can just get some freaking 20-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing could be, you know, CG done right. Yeah, because we gotta we gotta wash the taste out of the, out of our mouths with those other Fantastic Four movies. They were good for its time, at least the first one. Uh, not even the first one. I, 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 for its time, like like if if you squint your eyes and you and you really really give it grade it on a big curve. Well, I have not watched those in like probably fifteen years. So. 
Yeah, if you watch them now, I bet they're not like uh, Chris. Chris Evans, you came a long way, man. <laughs> and uh, I, I actually thought he he was cool as Johnny Storm for that time. He's redeemed himself a lot. He has, yeah. You know, as becoming Captain America. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm just still like. I mean, he was cool because remember last time before before that last time I really paid attention. The last time I saw Chris Hemsworth before that was freaking not another team movie. Really, damn. Last time I saw before him before was a uh, before Captain America was a Scott Pilgrim versus. No, I'm the talking world. about freaking um before Fantastic Four. Oh, before Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like not another team movie. Yeah, of course you would. Course yeah, because I would. like to have fun. You freaking stuck up <laughs> jerk. Yeah, because, you know... You, you think know, they're building up to Secret Wars? Secret Wars, no. I would... Secret Invasion, maybe... Like, honestly, right now, everything's, like, endless. Mm. Yeah, Secret Secret Wars would be... That we have to, you have to be pretty careful with to do right. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a lot to demand from the audience. Like, keep your head canon of all the films. That's, like... That would be, like... That would require, like, a good 30 films to get right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm guessing Secret Invasion right now, because mm. we already got introduced to the scrolls. But then, like, I, if they're gonna bring in, if they're gonna bring in the Eternals, yeah, then there's Galactus, yeah, Silver Surfer too, exactly. So there's like there's as of right now, mm. possibilities are endless. The last Fantastic Four movie sucked. Oh, it did. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. And uh, and John says that um, you know I think in, in regards to where uh, that the fact that Kevin Feige listens to the fans, and John Haponic says whereas Warner Brothers is threatening to meddle with Margot Robbie's new film, I think the Harley Quinn one. Yeah, uh, fans love the test screenings, but the executives allegedly disliked it. Oh, come on, Warner, y- y'all. Warner ne- Warner needs a Kevin Feige. They they do like I although uh, to be fair like they've they've gotten on the right track consistently with Wonder Woman Aquaman and Shazam Shazam being the best one, but they really do need like a Kevin Feige Did figure. You really to... say Shazam was better than Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah. So Shazam Shazam didn't look like it ran out of money at the end. <laughs> oh, come on, man! I want. I want to go. Am that I far. right? Or am I? Am I right? No, no, no. You're yeah, not I'm, right. I'm right. You're I'm not right. right. Nigel Thornberry. What's wrong with Nigel Thornberry? <laughs> David, David Thewlis. He's a good actor. Come on, yeah, now. he's a good actor, but it's like God, that was disappointing. <laughs> but I, I will say, like, um, like they're 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 on the right track with doing standalone films. But I do agree that they do need like a certain Kevin Feige figure to yeah. like, make sure that the that the that the quality is consistently good. Exactly, and not to and Kevin Feige is a Marvel. He's a comic book guy. He is. You need comic book guys and film guys. You do. They literally have to be both. Yeah. And yeah. that's what Kevin Feige is. Mm. And Disney just said, as they count money, I'll do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Blank check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, so. That was a good movie as a kid. Oh, Blank, Blank check. check. I don't think I've seen that one. Was it that one or Richie Rich? or the- I like Richie Rich, too. You know, because Richie Rich was a Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Then there was one where Sinbad played like a bodyguard of like. A no, that was um. Oh, what was that? First kid. First kid. Yeah, I saw first kid. That I know. That I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Richie, you know something I learned about Richie Rich? Oh, what's that? That while they were filming, adults had to like stand on um, like stand on stools and stuff when they shot and when they had to do scenes next to Richie. 
Really? Because Macaulay Culkin had grown too tall for the part. Wow. <laughs> Hey, magical filmmaking right there. Yep, see, blank check was the shit, because we all imagine that we got a blank check and just wrote a million dollars on it and went to the bank like, uh, Shit, man. Dang, I... that's that kid for his ID. Yeah, hashtag white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Kyle Chapman says that there are two crackheads on the corner fighting over a lighter. Um, I don't know. I don't know if how that fits into the MCU's uh, filmic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Oh, also with the with the TV shows on Disney Plus, real quick, um, we're, we're getting uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are right. gonna do that. WandaVision. Um, so I guess they're gonna wrap up uh, uh, the Vision and Scarlet Witch's relationship. Nope. No. Because they have casted Monica Rambeau. Oh, that's right. That's a spectrum. That's the daughter of, uh, oh, what's her name from Captain Marvel? Yeah, I, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But in the comics, if they stick to the source material, Monica Rambeau, who does take on the Mar- the Captain Marvel mantle, mm-hmm. and when she becomes spectrum, she actually revives Vision. Oh, well, okay then. Well, Vision's an android, so hey. Why not? Yeah. There you go. You know, just boot them up with like a Samsung Galaxy Galaxy OS and you're good. You said OS, okay. I'm like, yeah. why? So we're going to fucking explode? Dude, it won't explode. Hey, hey, my Galaxy S5 is still on point. It's still working. It's still strong. No, it's not. It's great. No, it's not. <laughs> it is great, though. All I have to do is replace the battery. Ah, beautiful. All right, is it on 30% now? No. It's been on all day. It's on like what? Um, 58 Great battery life. Samsung Galaxy S5. Remember the days when you can remove the battery from your phone? Okay. Come on. Um, I don't need to do that, though. <laughs> yeah. So the government can spy on you. Hey, but, nobody's but, spying on me. Oh, shut up. And if they are, they're just disappointed. They're going to be disappointed. Like, oh, that's all you got? Okay. That's what they want you to think, brother. That's what it, they want well, you to I, think. <laughs> Listen, they're going to spy on me. Like, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. They'll probably throw me some pity money. It's <laughs> like, God damn, that's it? Well, here, here, here. You hungry? <laughs> you hungry? <laughs> Shit, send some money my way then. For real. <laughs> They'll feel bad and just be just oh, an average man. guy. I'm just an average guy working and just DJing just to, just to get by. They'll probably feel bad and just lend me some shit. Hey, man. Who knows? But uh, but the next up we have Loki, uh, which is coming on Disney Plus. Tom Hiddleston gonna wrap up his role as uh, the trickster. Um, any no, go ahead. On it? Yep. And then interestingly, this is the most interesting one for me. Uh, what if that's gonna be dope? Yeah, it's gonna be an animated series. Jeffrey Wright playing the voice of the Watcher. Yeah, and everyone from the MCU is gonna reprise their roles. Yeah, and it's all gonna be based on like it's gonna be based off the MCU like history. Yep. So, Killmonger's coming back. Yeah, Killmonger's gonna be in it, and just a whole so just a whole bunch of like warped scenarios and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the What If series comics, those are actually pretty fun to read. Oh yeah, I want to get into those. Well, a lot of them. Well, luckily for us, a lot of them are came out on the um, the Marvel True Believers line, which they are um, they're basically just reprints. Yeah, but not like official reprints, like the facsimile editions, which you should be copping. Okay, facsimile editions? Yeah. It is exact. Facsimiles are exact reprints of like all those other comics. 
Dope. Like last, um, what was it? Last week was X Men number one. This one was it's a new it's another X Men. I just forgot which uh, issue. Yeah. Now see, it's probably be like, man, let's let's do some. He said, "Shut up, Nick." <laughs> but um, yeah, another one was New New Mutants uh, eighty two. No, yeah. eighty nine. Okay. With the first appearance of Deadpool, but then when you open it, it's. It's the exact same print as in advertisements and all. Wow, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I've been I'm collecting those as of right now. I think I'm missing like two. Hmm. Funny, funny was one of them is Alpha Flight number one. Okay, facsimile. I go I go to Friendly Neighborhood Comics, which is a comic book store near my job. Mm-hmm. So I was asking for it. They ran out, and then they're like, "No, Carl, here's an here's an original one." Mm-mm. Wow. An original <laughs> Alpha Flight number one. Dang. How much did it go? Cost? It was like $15. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to buy this. And then when the facsimile comes, I'm going to get that too. Because hey. I'm a collector like that. Hey, there you go. Yeah, get them while you can. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. And then last but not least, we got Hawkeye, the show. Yeah, and I heard that's going to take place like from the blip. Yeah. I prefer saying the snap. Yeah. From the snap all the way all the way to when they when uh Natasha re, uh, reunites with um in Endgame. Hmm. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Like, yeah, so it's gonna be that huge time filler when he becomes Rome. Oh, okay. All right, that's gonna be pretty dope. Yeah. yeah, and and plus like I know John Haponic's a big fan of the Hawkeye graphic novel. Yeah. I wonder if he's read I wonder if he's read Old Man Hawkeye. I heard the the old man series are pretty interesting too. Yeah, I'm reading Old Man Quill right now. That's actually pretty. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I don't think any of them's gonna top Old Man Logan. Although mm-hmm. in the final Major X issue, yeah. Layfield does draws Old Man Cable. Okay. Yeah, he he looks pretty dope. Hmm. Okay. Minus the extra big fucking shoulder pads that Layfield. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. But all right. Yeah. So. Yeah, any, any other thoughts on the Marvel uh, Phase Four or Five slate? Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, as a Marvel fan, I'm definitely excited. Yeah, there's definitely lots to look forward to. Um, a lot of reading I got to do, but definitely, but definitely read uh, um, Nick Gaiman's Eternals and um, Shang Chi. Well, you don't have to read the CM Punk one, but read up on Shang Chi. I think I'll put, I'll post up some uh, Shang Chi recommendations you can read, so you can look. Um, Load up on that. Okay. Never the old man series are awful, especially old man Logan. <laughs> That's because he just hates. Uh, no, no, I know John doesn't like old man Logan. He says it's too violent. The Mark Miller one. It, that's not the real reason why he said that. <laughs> no, he says it's too. He's lying. No, he's lying. He says it's too violent, and Mark Miller's a hack. His words. Too violent. Yeah. John, please confirm <laughs> this to me. He has to be lying. But uh, but yeah, um, that's that kind of wraps it up for the MCU uh, lineup moving forward. Um, lot of lots to look forward to, but let's hope that a Marvel actually does does take different chances this time around. Um, and before we get into uh, the Batman retrospective, let's get into our sponsor real quick, Studio Regent headphones. Yep, affordable, 
high quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones. All you got to do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off. And as always, free shipping in the USA. I got sidetracked and Rudy. He said, poor, viol- poor writing, violence is shock factor. Violence is kind of shock factor at, at, at spots. I, that, that is kind of fair. But um, but Old Man Logan by Mark Miller, that's actually a pretty dope story. Especially like his final fight with with the Hulk at the end. Shit. It's John Aponic. If he sees a red logo that says Marvel, he's just automatically going to hate. Not necessarily. He likes Hawkeye. Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's one. There's always one. It's always, yeah. always going to be an exception. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, let's get into this uh, retrospective. Uh, uh, as of last month, July tw- uh, June 23rd, uh, marked the 30th anniversary of Tim Burton's 1989 Batman film, starring uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and Kim Basinger. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to, um, you know, kind of talk, talk, chew the fat on that film as well as all the other films that came afterwards nice, up till now. A nice reflection. Yeah, reflection. Our thoughts, some trivia on each, and uh, and whatever your thoughts on on the, each of these Batman films. Hey, just leave them cha- leave them in the chat. Yeah, we actually been kind of looking forward to this for a couple of weeks now. We have, yeah, because like, because I actually had a chance to watch uh, Batman '89 recently. I did too. Yeah, still holds up. It does. Yeah, still holds up on its own. And a bit cheesy now that we like, you know, now that technology has advanced. Oh yeah, but it still holds up. I honestly, '89 is actually not even my favorite. I ranked them, but mm-hmm. we'll get. Okay, we'll we'll get we'll get to them as we go. Right, I I I did a lot. I did for my notes. I just did a lot of rankings mm-hmm. of what you know, you know, best to worst. Yeah. Okay. And then a couple of side notes here it is. So I mean, let's go on with it. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Batman '89. Uh, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. That was that was actually really inspired casting. Like it, interestingly, like when when there was some controversy when Keaton was cast uh to the point where um like Warner Brothers received tens of thousands of protest letters from fans saying that, "Oh, why would you cast a comedian, this comedy actor to play Bruce Wayne? He was in Beetlejuice and he was in what? Um Johnny Dangerously. What the hell?" And, and Tim Burton, wasn't he the guy who did Beetlejuice and Pee-wee? You got that guy to direct Batman? Are you serious? But, you know, it tur- and as it turned out, like, it worked because, A, even though Tim Burton at the time said that he wasn't a comics fan, never read a comic book in his life up, 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 up until that point, he really liked the dark sensibility of Batman, and he knew, he figured out a way to kind of crack the story and involve the Joker as well. And because he saw Batman and Joker as two opposites of the same coin, and he wanted to like kind of bring his sensibility to that relationship, and it really worked. And that was the first movie I've ever saw in a movie theater. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Like I vaguely remember watching it in the movie theater because I was five. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was the first time I've ever been to the movies was to see that movie. Yeah. Probably because my dad wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right on. It was just a good way to. Get, it was a good way to, to go see it. Yeah. This is to take me. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot. Well, we did spend a lot of time. As yeah, and that's what's up. Yeah, hey, Batman '89. That was that was like the one of the biggest movies of '89. It was. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, like, like um, every everything everything about it, like like the the visual style kind of had like that uh, gothic German expressionist uh, 
visual style. And it, it, like, what was interesting was like, it looked like it was retro, but it looked like it kind of took place in the present day. Like you yeah, like you didn't know when it took place. Same way, same with Batman Returns as well. Yeah, because they had like '50s art styles here. Like then you had like the German expressionism of the '20s and '30s, and then you had like some some modern day stuff, like televisions. And it's like, huh? It's, it, 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 it was like it was like it's of its time, but it was like ahead of its time too. Yeah, yeah, and just. And the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, by Danny Elfman. That classic. Not the score. The soundtrack. Oh, yeah, the first one by Prince. Prince. Oh, my God. Party Man. Trust. Black and white. (laughs) Red and green. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. When when Jack Nicholson is just dancing through that uh, museum. That's my favorite scene in the entire movie. He's just knocking over stuff. Yeah, and he goes (laughs) to the statue and he's like, "Uh, uh, uh, like, you couldn't cast anybody better. Oh no! Like Jack Nicholson was the perfect Joker of the time, yeah, and for a long time up until Heath Ledger, which we'll get to, which we'll get to. Yeah, but, but yeah, like Nicholson, like he knocked out of the park, and like he was he was like the prime reason you went to see that movie, and then Michael Keaton. Yeah, and a lot of I know another complaint was Michael Keaton was just short. Yeah, he was like five. He's five nine. Five ten. Yeah, we Google. We had to Google it. <laughs> yeah, and then we're looking at it. We're just like, wasn't the Joker supposed to be shorter than? When we look, they, they were literally the same exact height. Yep. Yeah, um, but of course, the film with the, with the great soundtrack by Prince, Bat Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention Bat Dance. Uh, and of course, the greatest song, Scandalous. <laughs> yes, and that scene uh, from with that that Prince song, Trust. Where Joker's and that has it leading that parade, and he's throwing all that money. Yeah, he's going. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, this this is so great. And of course, that legendary scene, the mirror, the mirror. Damn, <laughs> 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 right? So that the yeah, yeah, exactly, classic moments. And of course, the whole sorry. Wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> I don't ruined your notes. I'm sorry, but uh, that I mean Nicholson, he he went full tilt. He, and and also interestingly, um, one of the most uh, the most one of the most iconic moments of the scene of the of the film. Who are you? I'm Batman. That line was actually improvised by Michael Keaton. Because because the the, the 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 original line read, "Who are you? I am the Knight." I'm so glad he did that. Yeah, so Keaton just... Because the only person who can say, I am the knight, is Kevin Conroy. Yeah. I don't want to hear that from line from anybody else. I hear Ben Affleck saying, I'm, I will do just mm. like Stewie Griffin did. <laughs> when he got mad at Will Ferrell, yeah. he said, hmm, gets up, walks, go catches a plane, flies to Will Ferrell's house, mm-hmm. rings the doorbell, bam, smacks him in the face. He sure did that. <laughs> I would want. I would want to do that. Yeah, that's that's really petty, though. <laughs> that's absolutely petty. Well, just like just traveling all that way, ring somebody's doorbell just to smack them in the face and walk away. Yeah, why not? Nah, hey, come on, man. You you must really hate somebody to to go that to go that far. If they mention if they ruin a piece of your childhood by doing that, like a strong piece of your childhood, you would want to do it too. I'd be like. Eh, I'll always have that part of me. Can't ruin it. All right. Yeah. 
but uh but yeah um also of course Dan- danny elfman's score which absolutely iconic um his this the score which actually um uh laid the soundtrack for a batman Dan- animated, animated series, series. Yeah, did. which is amazing um they used oh, it a couple of times actually yep um in batman returns of course and in Fa- mask of the phantasm which we'll get to um you know also interestingly um some trivia there were other actors that were considered for the role of batman and bruce wayne um other actors included mel gibson kevin costner charlie sheen and believe it or not bill murray bill murray yeah oh gosh bill murray as batman can no, you imagine oh that shit? my god no nah, then it had to have been like it had to if he if bill murray was gonna do it he should have been like adam west batman yeah well it it would be it would be so deadpan. It would. Yeah, it, it it would just have to be totally its own thing. You know who else I heard was considered uh for that role? Uh, Batman. Yeah. Who? Alec Baldwin. Jim yep. Savar mentioned that uh, one of the times that he was here. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Baldwin was considered, and then he eventually did the Shadow. Right. Yeah. Um, also for the Joker, you had actors like uh, Brad Dourif. Um, he uh he plays um, Worm Tongue and. Lord, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry was considered as a Joker. Uh, John Lithgow. And, believe it or not, David Bowie. I can see it. Like it, I, I'm literally picture, uh, picturing all of them mm-hmm. in Joker makeup. Yeah. And some, some of the... They have the look. I just don't... And, you know, they can pull it off, but it just wouldn't... It'll be like Luther Vandross's curl. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the, ain't the quite. Twist, it, ain't, it ain't quite Just there. didn't quite. <laughs> it's, at the, it's almost at the finish line. It just, it, but it's just, it just won't cross it. It wouldn't. Yeah. I will say, though, that David Bowie as a Joker would have been, would have been fascinating, fascinating to watch. Yeah. yeah. Love you, Jess. Yeah. That would have been a fascinating version if David Bowie had the role. But, um. But there was another, um, some other uh, trivia, like how influential Batman was. Very. Um, it was so influential that um, it's, it still has a continuing impact on, on the film industry today. Like, for example, um, the, the narrow window between the theatrical release and the home video release. Yeah. Because, like, um, it, which, was a, which at the time was a, was a huge move. Warner Brothers actually released the VHS four months after the theatrical release, which was unheard of at the time. Yeah, because usually doesn't it take like six maybe? Yeah, about like six to eight months, sometimes a year to get the home release. Yeah. But four months was a really short time in 89 at the time. It was pretty high in demand at the time. Yeah. Um, also, um, it it uh, also inspired um, uh, studios to latch on to like uh, pre-existing uh, franchises and IP to merchandise them even yeah. further. Um, also, it showed the importance, the, the, the strength of the PG-13 rating, which was a sweet spot to like, get to really get like adults and kids into the theaters. And also, um, it, was, it was also influential in, in, how you can, in how you can do outside-the-box casting well and how, the, and how like, outside-the-box casting can still get the, act, get, still get the characters right. Because yeah. like, Michael Keaton as Batman at the time, and it was like, really? What? Him? Why? And then... He proved everybody wrong. And it's been it's happened time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that was uh Batman eighty nine, which also won an Oscar for best art direction because of its sets. Yeah, right rightfully so. I mean Yeah. And then from there spawned I spawned so many films up until like 
guess we want to go with justice from then to... I guess you can count Batman versus Superman and Justice League. Uh, I mean, so we'll, 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 we'll get to Zack Snyder's stuff, but... um. You wanted to get to, oh, the next one though. I was going to get to was Batman Returns. That was actually like a childhood favorite. You know, that, yeah. My number, my number two, really, Batman movie since Batman eighty nine. Really interesting. You know, like I, I I watched Batman Returns. It's still good. It's not quite as good as as eighty nine though. Okay, and you hit, so funny thing, you're gonna you know you're gonna get a little upset about this. What's up? We so um. I threw it on for my clients at work while I was preparing for this. I'm like, oh, let me. I got all the four of the Batman, the first four Batman films and stuff in one DVD set. Yeah, it's for five bucks at Walmart. Oh yeah, that's what's up. So I was like, let me just throw this on while I'm watching this. We was watching this um, honestly uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, honest Screen Rants did an honest trailer on Batman Returns. Oh God, honest. But trailers. one thing I noted, they brought up, and I never noticed. That movie had the least. Batman had the least screen time. Hmm. He, 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 like, actually, he actually did. Had like thirty-five minutes. But that movie, you act, you cared more about the villain. That was the first one I seen where you cared more about the villains than the actual hero. Because hmm. no, some of the best acting I've ever seen Danny DeVito do. Yeah, he was. He was terrific he was terrifying as the penguin he was like i would say like his version of the penguin is still to this day the most I don't, disturbing version. i can't see nobody else doing it like like that version because his version was so grimy and so like just like this corpulent griminess in this in a suit it's like uh like you want to take a shower if you're in the same room as him yeah so dirty he was but like other other i i i, I personally prefer like the more classic uh more distinguished portrayals of penguin Someone who's more like a, a straight crime boss than, than someone who's like, I'll, I'll chew your nose off. That was such a great part. Yeah. And actually, you know, it, believe it or not, like Batman Returns, um, that actually drew a lot of complaints from parents at the time because like parents complained that the, the film was way too dark for kids because like, of that scene and like the fact that, um, um, you know, it was, it was, it's kinda, it, kinda, it was darker and more disturbing than, than the first one. It was a lot of sexual innuendos in that too. Yeah, plus Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman in the skin tight latex, which nearly killed her. Which nearly killed her. It did. She had to wear like talcum powder just to like get the suit on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Michelle Pfeiffer at the time she was the the definitive Catwoman for a long time. She was. He's like, we should get another Catwoman, and then uh... yeah, like like that because of because of how successful Batman Returns was, they were Warner Brothers was going to make a spinoff film with Michelle Pfeiffer in the role again, but then, like, other other projects, like, took priority, and then, yeah. you know, her family life. And then, then um, in the mid-'90s, because the film was stuck in development hell, yeah. they replaced Michelle Pfeiffer with Ashley Judd. And she actually was signed on to do Catwoman, but then the film, the project didn't go anywhere, so she left, and then what we got was Holly Berry in 2004. It wasn't even Selena Kyle, but... Nah. You know, I, something interesting, in fact, I learned about that, Oh, what's that? You know who played Penguin's father in that movie? Oh, who was that? Paul Rubin. Oh, really? Pee Wee Herman was Pee Wee Herman played the Penguin's father. Wow, I, he must have been under some heavy makeup. I didn't even, I did not recognize him. You can a bit. You have, you would have to look a bit, but then you're like, oh shit, that was him. Wow. And the woman who played 
um, Penguin's mother mm-hmm. was the waitress from Pee from Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a nice Tim Burton thing. was pretty. And the wackest. Like, <laughs> shout outs to B Rob. <laughs> hey. Hey, you know what? You ain't getting no complaints from me there. You wouldn't. Um, but yeah, Batman Returns, like, uh, it, it, it did. It did receive a, a, a backlash, but I still I still think like it wasn't quite as good as the first, but it was still enjoyable. I did like the set design, even though like you can kind of tell like it was on a set. Was, oh yeah, definitely, and it was a Christmas movie. It it was a Christmas movie, yeah. Yeah, and of course, Christopher Walken is Max Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Christopher Walken's a he's awesome. He is. Yeah, yeah. and. And of course, Batman Returns received two Oscar nominations for visual effects and makeup. The Penguin, of course. Oh yeah, I had the McDonald's toys. Yep. Remember, the- Penguin had Penguin was like a little car, and then like you put it's one of those like rev up cars you just pull back and then yeah. you just let it go and mm-hmm. but then like as the car went, the freaking umbrella just spit the hypnotizing umbrella just kept spinning. Oh yeah. Yep. And I do, and another thing I remember about Batman, as well as Batman Returns, is that like the video games that came out for the NES and Super NES, mm-hmm. they were pretty good. Like the the NES version of Batman '89, that was hard as hell. I, I, I actually ha- never played those. Like that '89, it was it was good for its time. It was di- it was it was really difficult, like any other NES game. But it had a really good 8-bit soundtrack. I do remember the 8-bit, 8-bit soundtrack very well. And Batman Returns for the Super NES, that was dope. I remember seeing it, but I never like played it. It was good. It was a good beat 'em up. It, it, it's definitely worth playing. God, I miss beat. I miss beat 'em up so much. Yeah, Batman Returns was a fun one. That's, that was for the SNES. Um, so yeah, there was that. Uh, next one, we can get into uh, Mask of the Phantasm, 1993. You know, you gave me that. Vi- you gave me the DVD, and I still have yet to watch it. Oh, you've never seen Phantasm before? No. It's I, mean, I won't spoil it, but it's excellent. It's def it's widely considered one of the best Batman films ever made, right. and yeah, like it, it's an awesome. It's it's kind of like a part origin story uh, and part mystery. Like it's it's about um, uh, the Phantasm and like there's like a this the Phantasm who's responsible for killing all these mobsters in Gotham, but people yeah. are blaming Batman because they think that he did it. Yeah, and then the film flashes back to Batman where. Um, he was, he was almost, he was almost, he was about to, he was pretty much almost about to get married. He met the love of his life, but then for some reason their relationship fell apart. She like, she went away. And then that, that actually was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back and actually led him to become Batman. And there's a scene where he puts on the cowl for the first time and and you see Alfred and Alfred's like, oh my God, like Alfred's horrified that Bruce Wayne chose that life. And it's, it's a, it's a really good film. Is I I rec- I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, it was funny. I was like when I was trying to get my uh four my uh four pack of Batman movies, I was just looking at it. And just, All right, but I ain't got time. That's not the one I was looking for. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, fa- we have movie we have movie days with our clients, so I'll throw it on. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll definitely like it. It's like if if you like the animated series, you'll love this one. No Ooh, question. The animated series was freaking classic. I'm trying. To, my boy's trying to find the animated series on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's on Blu-ray. You can is it really? Yeah, you can get it on Blu-ray like the whole package. Like I think it's, it's like well, it's like 150, 200 maybe, around that on Blu-ray. Because I, I have the first three volumes on DVD. Yeah, I might get volume four. 
Yeah, you got the whole. You got them all, and you already yeah. get them all. Just collect the shit. Yeah, collect everything else. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about Volume Four was like the animation style was slightly different. Yeah, but I heard it was, I heard it was pretty good in its own right. So I'll, if I find it because for cheap, I'll I'll definitely pick it up. But um, but yeah, Phantasm. Um, can't get into it too much because you haven't seen it. But definitely check that out. Oh, okay. Um, next film was uh. Batman Forever, 1995. And this is where the tables turn and Michael Keaton dropped out, Tim Burton. Even though I noticed, because we watched that one today, actually. Yeah. He, Tim Burton was in the credits. Yeah, he was a producer. But yeah, and then it just switched gears to Joel Schumacher and it was... Yeah, because Joel Schumacher, he actually opted for like a campier, sillier tone. Yeah. And plus Warner Brothers, they wanted to, they wanted to go that direction because Batman Returns had so many complaints and yeah. it made less money than Batman 89. So they're like, yeah, we got to get back so on course. Um, Keaton also turned down the role because he didn't like where this, the film series was heading. Yeah. So he dodged a bullet pretty much. Pretty, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Jim Carrey made that movie, though. He did. As the Riddler... And it, it came out in the perfect time when Jim Carrey was red hot off of freaking Ace Ventura and the Mask. Yeah. And Dumb and Dumber, I, thought, I believe. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber was 94, I think. Yeah, it was like a trifecta. Yeah, he was just right on that. He's just like, listen, hop on it. And he freaking nailed it. Now, did he try to do a lot of Jack Nicholson? Yes. But did you see a lot of Frank Gorsh in that? Yes. Yeah. And it was just like, he was literally perfect. For that role, he was. But I didn't notice one thing. Did did they really need to have neon machine guns? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they went overboard with the neon. They they really did. Like they were not quite. The next movie, then we'll talk about oh, going overboard over some neon. Yeah, because they were trying to sell some toys, hard body. Yeah, think. Yeah. And but I do remember one thing. I do I do distinctly remember about Batman Forever was that. The video game for Super for Super Nintendo was ass. That was some of the wackest shit I've ever played. I never, no, nah, I never played it. Yeah, if you go on YouTube, just look at some footage. Batman Forever SNES, like it was like, it was like Mortal Kombat gameplay, like the side scrolling. Like if you if you press back, like a character walks backwards. Yeah. But it was it was supposed to be like a two D platformer, with Mortal Kombat controls. It was clumsy as fuck. It it was like, what the fuck. Man, I, I I was mad that I spent money on that from Blockbuster Video. <laughs> I was real mad at myself. But did you buy it or just rent it? Oh, I just rented it. Yeah, okay. All I right. was like, uh, oh, man. You can't be that bad. <laughs> oh, I wasn't that mad. I was like, damn, this is a waste of time and money. It was so bad. It was like three bucks at the time to rent. It was, but, you know, back then, three bucks, it, 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 you went along. You could go a long way with three bucks at the time. Damn, we sound like old men. <laughs> we are old men. Hey. <laughs> but, but interestingly... Um, with with Batman um, Forever, um, there was at one point before Jim Carrey, Robin Williams was actually considered to be the Riddler. Yeah, I heard about that too. And I was, I could see it. I'm just glad it did go to Jim. Yeah, and also Billy D. Williams, he was disappointed that he didn't get to play Two Face because like Tim Burton was building up to that. Yeah, but ever since uh, WWE wanted to go a different route, to Billy D. Williams I was like, ah, oh, damn it. That was a missed opportunity, but he kind of dodged a bullet too. Yeah, he did. Well, I mean, we, Tommy Lee Jones was Tommy Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones can do damn near any role he can give him. He could. And interestingly enough, when Tommy Lee Jones during the during the set, like he didn't get along with Jim Carrey. 
Really? And, yeah, because in fact, like, Tommy Lee Jones was so put off by Jim Carrey's performance and, like, his antics as a Riddler. Yeah. Like, like there was one, like, Jim Carrey said in an interview that Tommy Lee Jones one day pulled him aside during filming and said, Jim, I cannot stand your buffoonery. I will not abide by it. And can you, you can imagine him saying, Tommy Lee Jones saying that in a deadpan, dead Tommy Lee Jones like voice. Agent, like, like Agent K from, from Men in Black. Yeah, exactly that tone. And timely, and he he just said that, and Jim Carrey was like, well, "Okay, fair enough. If you don't like me, you don't like me. Well, what you want me to do about That's it? That, you can't believe. I, I I did say this recently. I'm like, if I ever just like become famous and do a movie with Jim Carrey, I probably wouldn't be able to get anything done because <laughs> Jim Carrey still to this day has like an instant. He just he's just right there to the funny bone. Yeah, I mean, like Jim Carrey, man. Like the dude can do comedy drama, like. Just like Robin Williams, man. Background guy from Living Color. <laughs> Background guy was awesome. Oh my god. Background guy was amazing. Yeah. So um, then, pretty much. So then, you know, after that. Ba- oh god, no. We have to talk about the buffoonery. Oh the yes. Fuckery. Batman and Robin. Oh my god. The, AKA the franchise killer. Oh yeah, did it. 1997, the movie that killed the Batman franchise on film Stone Dead until 2005. Look into my eyes and tell me what. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's start there. Nothing but ice-related related puns. Yeah. The Iceman cometh. Like, uh, what, what killed the, the di- dinosaurs? What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. All right, everyone. Chill. <laughs> God, it was just Alicia Silverstone. Now, I guess for that time, yeah. cool. Yeah, we got Alicia Silverstone. But, yo, she was not Alfred's niece. Batgirl was not Alfred's niece. No, she was Barbara, Barbara Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, but... I get. I, I don't. I don't know why they made that choice. Because she was popular at the time. Because she just. She just made Clueless. Yeah. There we go. Answer question. No, I mean not Alicia Silverstone as as the act as as Batgirl, but like the choice to make her Alfred Pennyworth's niece. Oh yeah. What freaking genius. Yeah. I, oh, and we. There's one thing we never. We didn't even touch on when we hit Batman Forever. Oh, what's that? Chris O'Donnell as Robin. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, go on. No, go, no, no, go, oh. go. Like originally, you know who was gonna be Robin? Who? Marlon Wayans. Like Marlon Wayans was he was actually cat he was actually <laughs> I think I remember hearing that. Yeah. Marlon Wayans was actually cast as Robin in Bat for Batman Returns, but they couldn't fit him in. So so Marlon Wayans, when he was cast, he signed a contract with the promise of doing a third a third film. So which would have been Forever. But then when Forever came out, Warner Brothers decided, yeah, we want a white actor instead. So they cast Chris O'Donnell. Dodged the bullet because he went on to do the Waynes Brothers. He did. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. But damn, man, I would have loved to have, I would have liked to that have That would have been interesting, Waynes. but. Yeah. Like, huh. Yeah, but then you would have got your, all right, hold on here, fella. Last I checked, Robin wasn't no color. <laughs> Look here, boy. That dopey juby eyeball on my sister. That there's my My woman. girl. <laughs> God damn, Clayton Bixby. But, oh my gosh. And, and let's talk about George Clooney as Batman, who made no effort to, 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 make, to make the voice different, to act different. He's like, 
hey, Mr. Freeze, I'm back. George Clooney is George Clooney in every movie. For his earlier roles, yes, I, I will agree there. But like he, he actually does have range. Like you do see like the like the the charismatic, cocky George Clooney in some of his roles. But he 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 does have chops. He does have range. Like the like the Descendants. Um, oh brother, where art thou? Oh brother, brother, where art thou? Um, Syriana, which I thought was okay. Um, oh, Up in the Air, two thousand nine. That was a really good film. Uh, what else? I haven't seen George Clooney in a minute, actually. Uh, Michael Clayton was good. Yeah, um, I know he was in Tomorrowland, but that movie got like tepid reviews. That was a re- more recent one. Uh, I mean, but yeah, like you talk about somebody who had who made no effort into he had the, he had a good Bruce Wayne look. He did maybe, but just Batman, it just wasn't working. It's like, hey, Mister Freeze, I'm Batman. I'm I'm making no effort to disguise my voice. Not at all. <laughs> And then you had uh, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. No, nah, listen, she looked the part. Yeah, I, I think that, I don't think she gets enough respect for that. Like she, I think Uma Thurman, she kind of knew what she was getting into, so she like she went full camp mode. Like like she was like, this isn't serious. So she was like full on like sixties Batman villain. So it kind of worked, but the movie was so bad that she still didn't come out looking like roses. You know, pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> but but the most interesting thing though I heard was that Mr. Freeze, you know who the you know who was originally considered? Who? Patrick Stewart. Like it in a more it, like Patrick Stewart would have been a great Mr. Freeze if the if in a more serious Batman movie. Yeah, maybe maybe so. But probably I would actually more see him as Victor's ass. Oh man, that would yo, after seeing him in Green Room. Yo, he he'd be a dope Victor Zaz. That'd be a real interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart as Victor Zaz. That yeah. But only two people had stood through between Tim Burton and thing and um, Joe Schumacher, Pat Hingle and Michael Goff. <laughs> oh, who who did they play? Michael Goff was Alfred. Oh, uh-huh. and Pat Hingle was Commissioner Gordon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're the only two that's been in. All four movies. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same Commissioner Gordon and, and Alfred. Yeah, and uh, and believe and you know like uh, Joel Schumacher to, to the cast credit, like Joel Schumacher, George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, they all apologized for making the movie. And in fact, Chris O'Donnell went so far as to say that yeah, this whole movie was a toy commercial. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, it was a neon toy commercial yeah. with Coolio. Coolio. <laughs> oh my god. And um, yeah, so and and, professional wrestler Jeep, Jeep Swenson. Swenson yeah, di- how did he die? Uh, I think he passed away. Uh, Heart failure. Yeah, um, he was Bane, who had no reason to be in the film. Nothing. No, there no- was no. He's just there. Bane, just a dumb lunkhead. That's all. He was. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, why even have him? That's not Bane in the. Oh my god. Batman for Batman and Robin, I think, is still the lowest rated Batman film on Rotten Tomatoes. It still it sits at eleven percent. I know that's that was wrong. that's too much. That is too high for Batman and Robin, but that movie killed the franchise Stone Dead, and it had bat nipples and cod pieces. Exactly, Alfred just said George Clooney turned Batman into George Clooney. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That that that. That is pretty much an apt review of George Clooney's performance. But yeah, t- 
to, to everybody's credit, everyone apologized for the making of the movie. And even Joel Schumacher, um, when he was on set, um, he kept he kept saying to the he kept saying to the cast before they shot each scene. He said that he kept saying to the fan, to the to the crew, "Remember, everybody, this is a cartoon action." He kept saying that every time they shot their scenes. So, yeah, that's partly why Batman and Robin turned out turned out the way it did. And also, um, because because of Batman and Robin, because it killed the franchise Stone Dead, it also canceled plans for what what, what would have been a fifth Batman film. Batman Unchained, and yeah. Coolio was going to reprise his role in that. Wow, damn! Yeah, we would have had Scarecrow. Scarecrow would have been the main villain. Joker would have returned as a hallucination from the fear toxin, and Harley Quinn would have been the Joker's daughter. That was the original plan for Batman Five: Batman Unchained. Oh my God! Yeah. Jesus Christ! They needed a Kevin Feige back then. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Man, Batman and Robin. It, it's it's a, it's 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 unwatchable, but it's, it, it's like a that's a bad movie night film right there. Like you, yeah, you watch it to crack on with your friends, grab some beer, some drinks, and enjoy. Just go to town. That's no, because we want to have fun when we do that. Okay, not just look at it like they'll look at this. Fun. We wouldn't even make it. Yeah, we wouldn't make it. Man, I mean, take a shot every time Arnold Schwarzenegger says an ice-related pun, you'd be you'd be on the floor. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my gosh, that but, should be a drinking. That shit, that is a drinking game. Nah, you don't you you don't want to get like cirrhosis of the liver. <laughs> but um, but yes, but after the death of Batman on film, fast forward to two thousand and five, and Christopher Nolan, one of the best filmmakers of today, returned. To resurrect the Batman franchise with Batman Begins, followed by The Dark Knight in 2008, and The Dark Knight Rises in 2012. Okay, one thing I will have to say about Batman Begins. Yeah. Not really memorable. What? Like, it was good, but it's like, what what do people talk about more? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Son, son. You're talking about Batman. Batman Begins itself is not memorable. Not as... Okay, Maybe I was a little too harsh. Not as memorable as Dark Knight. I'll kind of give it to you there. I'll kind of give it to you there. Um, I will say Batman Begins, um, still one of the best, not only one, not only one of the best Batman films uh, ever made, also not only one of the best superhero films ever made, but it was the one film that launched the whole reboot Re- craze. Yeah, That's still to this day. Uh, that too, but it's like, you know, you did you did you see like Scarecrow? My thing was like, did you really? It wasn't as impactful as the Dark Knight. Did you see boot? Did you see bootleg Scarecrow gear, like clothes and stuff? Like cosplay? No cosplay or like you see street vendors rocking. I mean, um, selling Scarecrow stuff. Not really, but, but that's then not... when Heath Ledger came out, you saw that motherfucker everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely, and like, everybody hated on Heath Ledger. They hated when he when they got when he got casted. I did too. Like I was skeptical when Heath Ledger was cast, even though like I did respect him as an actor. I did like him in Brokeback Mountain, for example, and some other roles. Yeah. I was like Heath Ledger as a Joker, really that pretty boy. Well, I thought of him. I just remember him from Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, know? and I'm just like, and A Knight's Tale. <laughs> Okay, that one too. Yep. And then, but yo, did he freaking he stole 
the show. Yeah, that was an that was an instantly iconic performance. Yeah, it was to the point where some people say it killed. Him. Yeah, that was an exaggeration, though. Like it was a. Con- uh, I would say small contributing factor because like he got he really got into like he was a real method actor he really got into it which actually the only good thing about his death was that people started to um like I noticed that some method actors like Michael B Jordan for example yeah after he played Killmonger mm-hmm. like when he wrapped up he went and got therapy Oh, I heard about that, yeah. Like, because he, like, secluded himself, much like um, what Heath Ledger did, to the point where he was like, I I need to get back to, like, normal, regular civilization. He went and got therapy. So that was just like a, hey, we don't want another, we don't want this happening to anything, anybody else. Mm. Yeah, and also with with, uh, the Nolan films, with the Dark Knight trilogy, I really liked uh, his visual style because he grounded Batman in like a real world. Exactly. It felt real. Whereas, like, I mean, I'm sure they had their moments of CGI, but they really didn't need much. Yeah, Christopher Nolan, like he 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 was all about practical effects, using it as much as possible. Yeah. So all the CG is very subtle. Like you have to like really look out for it. Exactly, and and then. One thing Nick Thomas just said, the Dark Knight is only like that because of Bane, though. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises, like, yeah. I wouldn't put it on par as the Dark Knight, but it's like, with, you know, Dark Knight Rises, but it's like, Bane did steal the show. He did. Like, Tom Hardy, that was an excellent performance. Like, the, from the voice. Um, the voice the, is iconic, and I don't remember, really, I really don't remember Bane talking. Like, he in the animated series, he did. He did, but not like that. So he actually... Like, Tom Hardy, like, raised the stock of Bane's character. He did. Like, I yeah. remember hearing some... I remember, like, coming across a YouTube video where um, somebody was on Jeopardy. The answer was Bane. Mm-hmm. And the kid, who kind of looked like you, by the way, <laughs> he just says it. Well, who is Bane? He's like, you didn't have to do the voice. I wanted to. Oh, I love the... He... I, yeah. Exactly. That's what Tom Hardy did for that role. Yeah. Like, he's like... Take control of your city, Gotham. Batman Begins is the best of the three. Ra's al Ghul was the best villain. Huge fan of Bane too. Ra's, Ra's oh, because it was Liam. Is Liam Neeson? Yeah, I, I, I like. I really loved how with Batman Begins they established the League of Shadows yeah. and how Bat and Dark Knight Rises circled back to the League. Yeah, and Bane was like the the like the the lost disciple. Yeah. My little thing. It seemed like to me that is like. Bane just kind of, he just kind of pussied out. And he was just like a little sidekick or whatever towards the end. Oh, to Talia Al Ghul. Yeah. He like, just kind of like bitched down a bit. No, like, like, not bitched out, but like, I guess like when, when Talia fully revealed herself, it's yeah. like her master plan. And then when the bomb was about to go off, that's when Bane knew his place. Yeah. And then like Talia was like, well, you're just going to have to watch the fire. Like, in reference to the bomb, and then Bane was like, "We both know you. We we both know I'm gonna have to kill you, right?" And then a Catwoman shows up, blasts him. Yeah. But and speaking of Catwoman, I really liked Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle. She wasn't bad. Like I like the the clever like the the cat ears with the goggles. Yeah, but my Pretty thing cool. was uh, my heart was still with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, well, Michelle Pfeiffer like her like her version like fit the tone of of Returns. Yeah. And whereas Anne Hathaway was more like a a typical cat burglar. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I did like I did like what what she brought to the role as Selena Kyle, like somebody who was like very much had to fend for herself, and she kind of slowly had this had the slow face turn throughout the film. Um, see, in which one of the one of the most uh, memorable scenes in 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 the whole trilogy was where Batman fought Bane for the first time, and, and his ass. Whooped. Yeah, he got humbled quick. Like and and and, and what I loved about that was that there was no music in that scene at all. And then I think that's the only one I didn't buy. Oh, one thing I said when around the time when Dark Knight came out, that was when I got my PlayStation 3. Yeah. And then became a Blu-ray player. Yeah. Blu-rays were coming out. I said, "No, the first movie, the first Blu-ray that I will buy mm. was The Dark Knight." Yeah. I waited. I waited. Other movies want to come on. I was like, nope, nope. I'm waiting till the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but worth it. Oh yeah. I was wondering what would break first, your spirit or your body? Crash. Yeah. Oh, that legendary. Oh, that legendary scene from the comic. Yeah. The, from yeah night, you had to do that. Yeah, Nightfall, Nightfall, and No Man's Land. Those yeah. are like the two inspirations for Rises. Um. Oh, and the football stadium scene. Oh yeah, yep. That was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep, Ben Roethlisberger. That was you could see him, but I think it was uh, it was uh, Heinz Ward that made the punt return. Okay, who who ran from the yeah. crumbling? F- yeah. Um, also, too, like um, there was some interesting um, interesting trivia for the for all three films in the trilogy: Rise Begins, Dark Knight, and Rises. Um, and this was taken from IMDb. So, um, in the endings of all three movies, Commissioner Jim Gordon is the final character to whom Batman speaks to before he leaves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Gary Oldman. Yep, Gary Oldman, who was awesome as Jim Gordon. Um, also, the Scarecrow, Dr. Jonathan Crane. He was the only villain to appear in all three films. Um, Christian Bale is the first actor to portray Batman in all in three Batman movies. The second yeah. one. Yep. And the second one was Ben Affleck, which we'll get to in a moment. Three? Um, Bat- BVS, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. Would you count that as a well? Well, Suicide Squad was like a cameo. Yeah, yeah. So technically, he was in three films. Um, Christopher Nolan is the first director to complete a full trilogy of Batman movies, but the second director to direct a full trilogy of movies of one superhero. The first being Sam Raimi. Yeah. Yep. For Spider Man. Yep. Um, Also, interestingly enough, if you look if you look out um, in the early movies of each movie in the trilogy, the main villain which is Ra's al Ghul, the Joker, and Bane, disguises himself as one of his own henchmen. And there was a conversation about said villain in, in each scene. So if you look... Yeah! Back, yeah. They disguise themselves just as just listening on their henchmen, and then they reveal themselves. I love the, I love the Dark Knight one. The first, that first scene in the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. Um, also, two more bits of trivia. Uh, Rises is the only... Batman movie where James Gordon learns the true identity of Batman. Right. Um, uh, also, also, well, two more bits. Uh, Rises, is, Rises is the only live-action Batman movie where the bat signal is never used. Yeah, you never. Oh s- shit! Yeah, you never saw it in ba- Dark Knight Rises. The bat signal wasn't there. It was in Begins and Dark Knight, but not Rises. And last but not least, the Dark Knight was the first comic book movie to reach the one billion dollar mark worldwide like pe- people wanted it to be titanic but it was it came close but it couldn't 
Marvel did. But DC did it first. To, to cross that billion-dollar barrier? Oh, okay. Yeah, DC did it first. They're okay, they did it first, but guess what? We beat it. <laughs> and you said it wouldn't happen. Oh, what's that? Avengers Endgame. Oh, yes. Took the number one spot. Oh, yes. Avengers Endgame, it actually dethroned Avatar as the number one highest grossing film worldwide, over $2.7 billion. Dethroned Avatar after. They did it. You know what? 10 the years. movie was worth it, so congratulations. Yeah. Even, J- even James Cameron, get the, uh, he gave props. Yeah. And James Cameron was talking that shit about comic book movies. He was. But he classic move by James Cameron. I actually posted it on our uh, social medias. Yeah. But back to uh yeah, back yeah. to oh god, we really gotta talk about these next. Yeah, and to, oh and also of course, like real quick, the Dark Knight the Dark Knight trilogy received Oscar nominations, including an Oscar win for Heath Ledger as a yeah, Joker. Posthumously. Posthumously, which one of the greatest uh, acting portrayals I've ever seen, performances. But yes, uh, along with along with the great, but the best comes with the worst, and we got to talk about um, John Haponic's favorite films in the in the series: Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. Damn, we we really did have to count Suicide Squad. Oh, son <laughs> of a bitch! Okay. Tell me there. Wait, tell me there was a bet, Carl. You got a burger handy. <laughs> <laughs> I no, we never made a bet. We never made a bet. He, he's Victor never wants to bet with me. No, I don't. Because um, he loses all the time. N- no, but anyway, um, we well, first of all, Batman versus Superman was complete trash. Yeah, Z- Zack Snyder was the poorest choice to to helm that film because of somebody whose vision was totally misunder- misunderstood Superman and Batman, and also. We won't get into the full roast, but if you want to listen to the full review slash roast of BVS, go back to episode 34 of the Codex Prime podcast when it was uh, Maurice, Aris, and myself. We, yeah, I was absent for that one. I had to write in. and I, I, this, yeah. is how I, this is how I describe BVS. You're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You're following only three people. Yeah. Batman. Mm-hmm. Scroll. Then you see a scene in with Superman. Mm-hmm. Keep scrolling. Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. As the Riddler. Yeah. Well, the Riddler as Lex Luthor. Yeah. I guess. You know what I, I guess, yeah. And then you get a sponsored ad with Wonder Woman. Pretty much. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, yeah. And then the email attachments of the Justice, Justice League. League. <laughs> that's all it was. It was. He introduced the Justice League as a test. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Like just graphic art. Oh my god! In the action. <laughs> oh my god! You, you know what? Yes, that ugly ass doomsday that came out of nowhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what that was? Whoa. That was is if a Michael Bay Ninja Turtle did a fusion dance with the Toxic Avenger. A, yes, perfect description of the of uh of Doomsday. Perfect description and like, and I, and I will say like to be fair, Ben Affleck, like he would have been a great Batman. If the material didn't let him down I so liked much. him better as Bruce Wayne. I think he, he had the Bruce Wayne look. He did. And like I I kinda liked like the, the workaround with the with the Batman voice. The voice, yeah, that was an improvement, but oh my god. But but they made Batman A a moron and they made him a killer. It's like, tell me, do you bleed? You will. You will. Thirty three percent rotten thirty three percent orphan fight. 
Oh, yeah. He's going to kill Martha. Martha. Why did you say that name? And then Amy Adams has to come out. That's his mommy. Oh, my mother's name's Martha, too. That's it? Let's be friends. It's like stepbrothers. (laughs) Your brother's name is Martha, too. Did we just become best friends? Yup. Yeah. Oh my God, BVS was horrible. And you know what? I you know what? To John Haponic, he for the longest time he was he was standing hard for BVS. He was. I got I got him to see the light though. He was, even Michael Jen Francesco. He was on the show. He was on the show, and he was like, "I wanted to like that movie. Mm. He just couldn't. No. Nah. And then Lex Luthor, like Jesse Eisenberg, he was too freaking goofy." Yeah, too goofy. And then his whole plan to like get Batman and Superman to fight really didn't make any sense when you really broke down the specifics. It was like, wait a minute, what? And then the whole kryptonite subplot. God damn it. I describe it as a flaming hot pile of hot, a pile of hot flaming shit. Yeah. Like this is a movie that like it's I would say it's half a half a notch better than Batman versus Robin. Half. Batman and Robin. Half a notch. Like Batman and Robin's here, and this is BVS, just barely. Why? Because the CGI, pretty much. I, I, yeah, and maybe, yeah. I, I'm I'm trying hard. I am trying hard to give it some merit. I can't. You, you can't. No, it was bad. It was absolutely it was horrible. Bad. Yeah, and 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 I will say like, like Ben Affleck. Like I said, he was done dirty by Zack Snyder. Like Zack Snyder was the wrong choice as director and writer. Like if, if if it was somebody different, like Matt Reeves. Yeah, but this is what. And, and yeah. Not to mention, they still wanted. To, this is when they was like, okay, well, Marvel's doing a, they're doing a universe. We yeah. gotta do a universe too. But it's exactly. like, yo, they had no direction, None. which is why they need a Kevin fight. Yo, you need to promote Bruce Tim. Yeah, Bruce. Tim. He's the perfect person to do it. I think he just wants to stick with animated. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Bruce Tim or like I think they were talking about like Scott Snyder, um, or Greg Capullo, one of those two, like to to actually he- head the DC yeah. EU. Don't but forget the warehouse fight was one of the best out of all the Batman films. I will agree with you there, John. The the, the warehouse fight with Batman that because that that was kind of ripped out of Arkham Asylum, uh, the Arkham games. Yeah, I know. I played it. Yeah, that that was really cool. That's although the only Arkham game I beat actually, and I have all three of them. Yeah, Ar- Arkham Arkham City was dope. That's the best one. I'm, I was in the, I was in the middle of it, and then something came out, and I just started stopped playing it. Yeah, you should definitely get back on that though when you have the chance. But yeah, like of course, in, in in that scene, Batman did kill mad people, especially that one dude who who he landed on his neck. Yeah, punched him so hard he landed right in his neck. Yeah. But yeah, but but John Haponic saw the saw the light. He said that BVS is terrible, but he's still a fan of Suicide Squad. Which 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 Bruce Wayne's uh, which Ben Affleck's Batman made a cameo appearance in the be- beginning where he was confronting Deadshot, and and then Justice League, which happened. Um, um. Also, I will say for for Suicide Squad, um, you can listen to our review of that on, on episode forty eight. Hot topic Avengers. Yep, hot topic Avengers, and you can listen to our review of Justice League on episode one hundred, our landmark episode at Rock Coco's. That was a roast too. We only spent well. We was all over a place that episode. Oh yeah, we were. But Justice League, man, like like Justice League. Even though like Joss Whedon, like he he has to step in because of Zack Snyder's like family tragedy. Yeah. Like 
he turn on the lights just a little bit? He did. He gave us some orange. He gave us some orange, some color, and but but like because of the because of the clash, the visual clash, the, they all came off looking like the world's highest paid cosplayers. Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't look right. Like Batman in like bright daylight with with bright colors and like uh, this is this ain't working for me, man. Unless this is Adam West, this ain't uh, working wait, for me. Alvaro says Suicide Squad was fucking trash, complete trash. Yes, it was. Yeah, including your girl Enchantress. <laughs> you have no rhythm whatsoever. Listen, man, I can pop lock. <laughs> I can do that. Don't you tell me, but don't you tell me that we can battle. It'll be a freaking. Where's Where's the broom? I need a broom to summon. Like in breaking, you try you try to battle. I'm retired, but I can, we can still do this. Nah. Oh, and I'll be a dope ass code extra. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, oh, John Haponic also said that Jonathan Nolan was supposed to have a major role, but Warner wanted Snyder. Um, which that's why Warner needs a. That's why Warner needs a Kevin Feige. Yeah. Yeah. But but now but 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 DC and Warner Brothers they're back on the right track because um, Matt Reeves is is directing a trilogy of films with the new Batman, oh, Jesus. Robert Pattinson. I'm telling that's y'all, gonna be a poll. That's gonna be the next poll. Uh, I'm actually gonna write that. I'm writing that down okay. just to yeah. Write the poll down. I'm telling y'all people like I've been saying, yo, Robert Pattinson as Batman, Bruce Wayne. Don't sleep. This is the best casting we can get because Robert Pattinson is a fantastic actor who makes great, interesting choices for films. You talk, you talk about High Life, Good Time, Maps to the Stars, The Rover, and, 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 and several others. Like The dude has chops. The dude's work speaks for itself. Yeah, you can talk about, oh, Twilight, this, Twilight, that. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, watch those films I mentioned. And then you come back to me and you tell me how good Robert Pattinson is. It's a win-win all around. Dude, I'm telling you. This dude, like, as Batman, he's not only will he give a great performance, but that gives him the clout to work with more unique filmmakers so that unique family, so that other filmmakers can be like, oh, yo, our, 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 check out our movie. We got the new Batman. You like the new Batman? Check out our movie. More, more eyeballs, more profits for those films. More, more uh, credibility for DC and Warner Brothers, so they can continue to be on that on that right track uh, once again. It's gonna be dope. I'm telling you. Nick Thomas put up a. I still believe he would. He would for. He would for if it if it was. He see. He thinks it would be good. If he was doing Batman Beyond. Uh, because he's so still so young. Well, what Pattinson is like. He's like our age. Yeah, he's around our age. Yeah, I mean, well, Christian Bale was like around our our age at the time of Batman. Was Begins. he really? Yeah, he was like thirty. No. Yeah, he was like thirty, thirty-one when the when that came out. Yeah, he aged like shit by the time he was thirty. Really? No, he he still he still looked he still looked youngish. I think it's because like, well, now he now he's he still he still looks like, like I know he's older, but he's like I don't know. I think I thought he looked I thought he was older than I thought he was in his forties. Nah. Now he's in his forties now, but but yeah, yo, Robert Pattinson as yeah. Batman, yo, don't sleep. I'm telling y'all, come back to come back to come back to me once we'll, those we'll set come the out. Po- we'll set the poll. We'll, we'll set, set the poll. Sure, you don't want to do a wager? No, I don't, I don't have to do a wager. I'm confident. Also, one more thing, 
He was confident about pineapple pizza, and look what happened. Hawaiian pizza is sexy. Let me tell you something right now. Hawaiian pizza is the Kazuchika Okada of pizzas. Okay? And Meat Lovers is the Kenny Omega. For, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this. October 2019, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. It's gonna it's, it's it's gonna knock it out of the park. Yeah, I, I'm just not sold on the look. Joaquin Phoenix himself. Yeah, I, I'm sure he'll knock. I'm sure he'll do it. Oh yeah, I'm sure he'll do a good job. But it's just the look I'm not sold on. Well, like I don't mind the look because it's like it's a standalone Joker and it's in an, and it's, it's in the early '80s, so it's like a very much like an Elseworlds type. Yeah, I, I still I'm just still not feeling it. I do I I did like the test footage that they showed like last year. Yeah, early last year with that song. Oh, I forgot the name of the song too. I forget it too. Yeah, because yeah. I actually listened to the song. I'm like, well, this it wasn't a bad song, but it oh, yeah. like fit it fit it perfectly. Oh yeah. But I just, I just want to breeze through my rankings real quick. Oh yeah. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Okay. So for Batman portrayals, I'm gonna go from worst to I'm gonna go from worst to um best. Okay. Uh, number five, George Clooney. It's pretty much only five people that played Batman so since then. So yeah, five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I go George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale. Okay. And Michael Keaton, number one. Okay. All right. All right. Mm. Fair, fair. Okay. Um, so, wait, what you guys? Oh, yeah. Go, yeah, go on. Okay. Me. So, as a film's overall. Yeah. Bottom of the barrel is Batman and Robin. Absolutely. Number eight. Okay. Then moving on up. BVS. Yeah. Barely. Justice League. Barely. <laughs> Batman Forever. Yep. Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Batman 89. Mm-hmm. Batman Returns. Yep. And The Dark Knight. Okay. Okay. Agree? Disagree? Well, um, I, I would I would say, like, uh, for, for the films, I would go with um, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, and Batman Begins as my top three. And then Mask of the Phantasm as four. I, I didn't count Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. And then uh, Batman 89 as my fifth. And then Returns as six. And then I, I, don't, I don't even want to rank the others. <laughs> <laughs> Villains. Okay. Riddler and Cat... Rid, Jim Carrey's Riddler and Michelle Pfeiffer's Cat, uh, Catwoman are tied for fifth. Okay. Uh, Bane. Tom Hardy's Bane. Mm-hmm. Danny DeVito's Penguin at three. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson's Joker at two. And then slightly above it, Heath Ledger's Joker. That was like the biggest neck and neck battle. Like I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, like that was hard. Yeah, that, that, that is. was a hard one. That is. Um, Alfred's. Oh, yeah. There's only three. Yeah. Jeremy Irons at the bottom of the barrel. Yep. He had the voice, but he just he still looked a little too young. I think I thought he looked too intense as an Alfred Pennyworth, in my opinion. It, just, it was just his voice I got, and then not to mention, I was just like, as he talked, I'm like, that's Scar. Yeah, it's just Scar. <laughs> just Scar. Yeah. Uh, Michael Caine number two, and Michael Goff is number one. Okay, all right. Music from the <laughs> from the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually gonna go from number one down. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Mm-hmm. This is number one. All right. 
Party Man by Prince, number two. Scandalous by Prince, number three. Mm-hmm. Look Into My Eyes by Bone Thugs is number four. Mm-hmm. And the jazz version is Super Freak by Rick James from Batman Returns is number five. Nice. <laughs> um, two more rankings. Okay. Actually, no. I'm, yeah. Directors. Okay. Number four, Joe Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Number three, Zack Snyder. Okay. Number two, Tim Burton. Number one, Christopher Nolan. Right. I, I would switch. I would swap uh, Z- Snyder and Schumacher, actually. Really? Yeah, I'd put Snyder at the bottom. Cause Schumacher gave us Jim Carrey as Riddler. Yeah, he did. As- I, I guess. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Point proven. Yeah. Okay, this is villains I would like to see, because one of my questions was, because I had some like side notes and questions. First of all, one on a side note, Aaron, Hart, Aaron Eckhart doesn't get enough respect as Two Face. I think that if he would have had more screen shine, more time to shine mm-hmm. as Two Face, I think he would have knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah. Um, Uma Thurman, right casting, wrong film. Yeah, I agree. Um, would you see? Would a rated R Batman film work? Oh yeah, it would. It would because like because some of the, many of the comics it's very dark. Yeah. And then can Warner Brothers actually take a risk and use other villains? Because it seems to me like the Joker is just too much of a safe route. Yeah, I agree there. Like um, they can use some of the other villains that they haven't used. Like they can they can throw in like a Victor Zaz maybe as a supporting one. Mm, to my last one, villains that I would like to see. Yep. Number six. Number six. I would like to see another Poison Ivy. Yeah. Oh yeah, you could do some things with that. Number five, Solomon Grundy. Yeah, could be like a interesting supporting villain. Not a not a main one though, because he's kind of one dimensional. Yeah. Mm. Number four, Victor Zaz. Yep. Number three, a better Mister Freeze. Yes. Number two, the Joker, but played by Willem Dafoe. Hmm. He could still do it. And number one, the Riddler, played by Johnny Depp. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can see I can see that, and also with the Riddler, um, I know the there was a there was rumored casting that um, well b- b- well well uh, the the Dark Knight Rises was before the Dark Knight Rises was was in production. Yeah, there was rumors that um, Warner Brothers wanted to cast the Riddler as Eddie Murphy. Cast Eddie Murphy as the Riddler. Yeah, Eddie Murphy as the Riddler. Which would have been an interesting choice, a, a risky one, because he made a, lot, a string of bad movies. Yeah, retro. Yeah, I mean, like, let's see, like, like for Eddie Murphy, like he made Life and Dreamgirls. Those are the only two like good movies he's done in, like in the last twenty years. And then he has a Dolomite movie coming out, which I heard is going to be good on Netflix. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so, fingers crossed on that. Um. Nor if it's fun for what it is. Yeah. The movie that cost him the Oscar. <laughs> um, yeah. Pluto Nash. Oh, God. <laughs> Haunted Mansion. But that was when he went to, like, he just started doing kid movies for a while. Yeah. After Nutty Professor, Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. Uh, oh, he and- says Zaz will be in a new Harley Quinn movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Not sold on the origin. No idea why they didn't use Killing Joke origin. At least I love the Killing Joke, by the way. Oh, the movie? Yeah, I have fun. I have fun watching that one. I didn't like the called ch- out of work. 
I didn't like the changes it made. Like they 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 gave Bruce Wayne and and Barbara Gordon a sexual relationship. They did which was not in the comics, and it just came off so ugh, just so icky, man. Oh, right, stop! Stop! Yeah, uh, it, 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 that did not fit at all. Like, because I know that with the Killing Joke, like if they did it, if they sorry, go ahead. Like with the Killing Joke, it would have been like a twenty minute short. Film. Yeah, exactly. So they had to add something, and it was already and, and that was rated R, right? It was. Yeah, so it was and, like they had to do something uh, keep the rated R thing going. Yeah, that but was um. Yeah, move on to. Wait, you got anything else before I move on to question of the week? Um, yes, yeah, that's that's pretty much it with the uh, with the Batman films. Um, as far as uh, ratings go, I will say like the the best for me. My favorite uh, Batman actor is Christian Bale, then Michael Keaton. Um, as far as if if you want to include the the animated series, you got to put Kevin Conroy as number one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's not even fair to be honest. Um. Uh, also for for best jokers, um, you also got to include Mark Hamill, Icon- which which again not even fair if you yeah. include the anime series. Um, also, as far as Batman villains go, I want to see in a film. I would like to see Hugo Strange. That would be that was that was interesting. I was thinking about that one too. He didn't just didn't quite make the list. Yeah, that's because I don't really know him that well. Yeah, Hugo Strange would have been interesting because he was the he was one of the few villains who actually uncovered Batman's identity yeah. all by himself. And plus, he's like he's a formidable foe too. So, yeah, yeah. So on to question uh, question of the week. Uh, last week's uh, last week's question of the week was, "What is the confession that would get your nerd card revoked?" Yes. Um, I know. I what was one that you said? Um, I was a fan of the Ben Affleck Daredevil film. I want to smack you again. I what the operative word was was. Well, then I said one thing I I said was I never beat the original Super Mario Brothers game. And uh, another one I actually thought about, and you're going to be so mad at me about this one. What's that? I never seen any of those Lord of the Rings movies. Motherfucker, what? <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> I just could, just didn't have the interest. And then with me, I have to like watch, I have to go see a movie and watch it like the first day it comes out. Other than that, I never will. And I just never did, and I just never did. Well, if you do get around to watching the Lord of the Rings movies, make sure you watch the extended editions because those are the complete versions. Yeah, and kind of space them out like you would like Game of Thrones. Like watch the first half one day, then the second half the other day. Pace yourself like that. Okay. Yeah. So on Instagram, John Aponic says, "I only he has a couple. One." Mm-hmm. Only watch Game of Thrones season one. Okay, good, good, good. For well, you. I wouldn't say all that because we had many good seasons up until like the really the last last one, maybe a little bit of season seven. Yeah. Number two, Rogue One is the second or third best Star Wars movie ever. I disagree. Camera's right there. I I, I absolutely disagree. <laughs> so I disagree wow. hard. Number three, had a free ticket to see Spider-Man Far From Home. Didn't want to see it. Was that John Hapanik? Yeah. Yeah, he told me he had a free ticket, but then he said that he would have had to he would have, he would have had to take a 30 to 45 minute drive. He said it wasn't worth it. All right. We we in Rhode Island, so everything's a 20 minute drive. Yeah. I mean, it's a free ticket. Free is free, free. but you know. Yeah. K Crow 27 also says. I've only seen three Star Wars movies. 
And if you're wondering which ones, episode four, episode one, and Rogue One. Episode one, really? AJ presents the greater good just said, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I agree. As far as Facebook is concerned, I know there's... Um, to be fair, Nick Thomas, Daredevil was the 2003 Daredevil is better than BVS by a mile. And mind you, Daredevil 2003 was pretty bad. That shit was awesome. I, I, I fell asleep. I gladly fell asleep in the theater. Yeah, you didn't miss anything, to be honest. I know that. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in here's, the, here's the first part. Here's the worst part. Mm-hmm. I watched it for free because I worked at a movie theater at the time. <laughs> Okay, Gary Threat says, I have never read a Stephen King book. Okay, that's fair. I haven't either. Me neither. Ty K. Peltzer Jr. says, only seen the first and last season of Naruto. I've never seen any Naruto. I watched a couple of episodes here and there. Mm -hmm. Eddie Ortiz says, seen Star Wars. Yeah, our UWO brethren. Yep. Seen Star Wars and Star Trek and not a fan of both. Damn, son. That's heartbreaking, man. kind of hurts. So, this week's question of the week. I think I'm just going to keep it simple since we're on the 30 uh, 30 years of Batman thing. Who is your favorite Batman? Uh, My favorite Batman? Um, Let's see. Um, If we're talking... If... Live action Batman. Live action Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale because like he he struck the right note as uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne, and plus like those those three films are for me three of three of my top favorite superhero films of all time. So uh, so Christian Bale brought a lot to he he was definitely a, a instrumental reason why those films are still like the gold standard for superhero films. So, yeah, I, I got to go with Christian Bale. Ooh, Nick Thomas says that his nerd confession is my is Return of the Jedi was one of the worst Star Wars films. Wrong. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Absolutely ridiculous. I refute that statement, sir. Maybe if you see we'll see if he's seen the despecialized editions. Yeah, if you see the despecialized editions of, of the original Star Wars trilogy, you might change your tune. Yep, the only time you approve bootlegging. Hey, listen, listen. The, the one time I approve bootlegging is if is if there's a is if is if a film is not or or will never be made available to the public. Says the guy who downloads music. I have Spotify. Well, no, you did download music before streaming came. Oh, we all did. Yeah. Nap, Napster, Kazaa, Audio Galaxy. Which is the same thing as bootlegging movies. We all did that. Yeah. As far as uh, music goes, we're all culpable. Culpable. We all have blood on our hands, Carl. Yeah, I know that. I'm not, I'm not, I am not ashamed of the fact that I did it. We did it. I'm not ashamed either. Yeah. So, but, much, so much good music. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That'll be on our social medias within a day or two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You can find us on uh, Facebook Live. Obviously, you can watch us on Facebook Live, uh, yep. YouTube, and um, oh yeah, and YouTube. 
Yeah. Oh, you can listen to us on iTunes. Please leave us a five-star review. Uh, and SoundCloud and Google Play as well. Yep. And Spotify. Spotify. Now Spotify, yeah. Yeah. And also you can find us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the big three. And you can email us at CodexPrimePodcast at gmail.com. Word up. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got on my end, man. It's getting late. It is. I'm yeah. hungry. <laughs> so uh yeah man uh next week same bat time same bat channel codex yeah that was that was bad <laughs> but anyway uh thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening as always we'll catch you on the flip peace out nerds later <laughs>